Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Shadow Sworn Radio Hour. I am your host, Brendan Carrion, and today I am joined by Adam Sink. What up, Adam? What's up, everybody? How's it going? And then I am also to my left, joined by Ben Motherfucking Bailey. What is going on? A little bit later in this episode, we're going to be joined by Josh Maxwell of The Wrecking Crew. We're going to talk about some of the newest information that's come out uh, about Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition that was released at the Berlin... Uh, World of Darkness Berlin. World of, uh, why can spitting, I not... like spitting hot fire. I just don't understand why I can't say <laughs> World of Darkness Berlin. I don't understand why, why that somehow eludes me. Because you remember the truly terrible city book for Berlin, and your brain Berlin is trying to block out that Berlin has anything yeah. to do with the World of Darkness. I actually own that. I was listening to a different podcast where they were reviewing... Um, Berlin why, by night, why, and I was why? like, and I was like, maybe I should buy it. And I went home and I had why, it. Why? Um, they talk about how great the book is until you hit a certain point, and then it just goes completely off the rails, and it's terrible. And it really does sound absolutely terrible. But I was thinking to myself, I should read this just for fun. It's it's like nightmarishly bad because I remember yeah. I had the idea that we would get the chaos factor and we would review oh, that right. sometime as that a was lark, like and one I of, bought it. Yeah, and I started reading it. And then I was like, oh, we cannot do this because this is this is not fun bad. It's not camp bad. It's just bad bad. You, Adam, you know, you've done, right? You open Pandora's box. You should have just left that closed, dude. Right. Because I, just the other day, I, I was making like the, the six-month schedule for Shadow Sworn. And I was like, oh, there's, I think in September, there's like a big hole. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anything for September. Now I've got it. Now I got something oh, for September. God help us look all. You, look what you've done. Um, <clears throat> so what, what, here we are. It's been a while since we've met up under the Shadow Sworn Aegis. It's good to see both of you. Um, what have we been up to? World of Darkness-wise. Vampire. Playing some Giovanni Chronicles. Giovanni Chronicles. What have we been doing, Ben? I, mean, I think the last time you and I were talking about Giovanni Chronicles, you were like, I've been playing Giovanni Chronicles, and I just interrupted you, and I was like, yeah, man, and then I just started talking about <laughs> it. So why don't you tell us about what, what's your experience been? Uh, experience been pretty rad. Um, we've had a little bit of a player shakeup. Um we lost a player. We, we lost a another player. player. Matt, it was sad. To, we're sad to see you go, man. We miss you. If you still listen to the podcast, Matt Horking, Matt was is gone. We miss you. Uh, his character was incredibly horrifying, and uh, still around as an NPC to be horrifying still. Um, and we gained Ben Heiligman. Be- old school Ben Heiligman has returned to the fold, and um, he played in the first Giovanni. He did. He played through book two. Yeah, he did, and. Uh, now he's back, and uh, it's, it's just a completely different game. This game doesn't remind me of the original one, like, at all at this no, point. No, not at all. It's a totally so, different thing. He's playing a different character. He, um, <laughs> in this last episode, uh, he, I, I felt like he really shook some things up, man. I, I was so surprised when he had, he had, the, he had a moment that just that blew my mind. I didn't see it coming uh, his, at his, all. His little uh, conversation with Chris. Rudolfo, Rudolfo, Rudolfo yeah. played by Chris. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great scene. It was, uh, which you know was uh, highlighted by uh, Solomon, which is uh, Ben Halligan's character. Yeah, um, assaulting <laughs> Rudolfo. Yeah, Rudolfo is an interesting character. He plays this very kind of like uh, Chris plays this very kind of like frenetic kind of like. Uh, Ventru, who 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 sees like wheels within wheels, but he's also very earnest and forthright, and he's always kind of like he's always trying to bring people around 
to his way of seeing things, but this gets him in a lot of trouble with elders because elders are not used to people being earnest and forthright. And, and so uh, he... Except when he's not trying to be interested and forthright. He's trying to lie to fucking elders, <laughs> which, yeah, is, yeah. which is hilarious to watch as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he has a social character that does not have what you'd call like a huge subterfuge pool. And so he's gotten into some trouble with that. Um, and uh, so the, the party has kind of started reacting to Rudolfo in this way where they're kind of like... They, they seem exasperated with him sometimes, which uh, they're not exasperated with the player. I think that the the characters are exasperated with the uh, with the character, right? Yeah, I think that. So you know, we had our come back to the fold uh, uh, episode of uh, Giovanni Chronicles, where we come back to the conspiracy of Isaac after being released by Hardestad and the Camarilla. Um, yeah, spoilers here, by the way, guys. If you if you yeah. if, if over the last twenty years you haven't gotten around to playing Giovanni Chronicles, and you're like, oh my ears, like like sorry, sorry guys. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, Ben. So so we have the comeback to the fold episode, and um, we have this big like you know meeting with Claudius Giovanni, and uh, I think that the exasperation really came to head there for the characters. Literally, yeah, the players. Yeah. The characters just wanted to be like, close your mouth. We're doing okay. Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop talking. So, so, so uh, Rudolfo comes up to Solomon, and 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 Rudolfo knows he's a Ventru at this point, and um, uh, Solomon knows that he's a he's a Brugia, but neither one of them really knows what that means because because Solomon's been raised in this kind of seclusion. He doesn't really have the idea of a clan enmity between the two of them, and. Uh, Rudolfo just starts laying his the Rudolfo thing on Solomon, and then just out of nowhere, like Ben Heiligman, he just goes, he goes, as he's talking, I just, I just, just slug him like right in the stomach, just like right in the stomach, and I'm like, oh my god, it was just like, I think it was just one of those a taste of things to come moments. It was so classic. It was so classic. The Ventru guy and the Bruja guy like falling into this like right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was interesting because it was like it was like all the characters get to sort of meet their sires, yeah. really for the first time. Yeah, um, there there'd been some that had meet their sires previously in the previous session, but this was like everybody finally gets to meet their sires. Yeah, and um, you know it was interesting seeing like uh, everybody and in, in their sort of relationship with their sires at this point. Um, you know, I I was uh, shocked for a second there that uh, Ortho survived again. And um, he seems like a real liability for Bajazet. Or Ortho's played by the mysterious Jeff. Um, and then yeah, he, no, he did. He did uh, <laughs> walk. He did walk the line, didn't he? Yeah, he started. Uh, he started popping off this kind of like infernalism type stuff to to his sire Bajazet, and then his sire was like stfu man like like really dog like in front of everybody else which and, uh i was quick to sort of like hone in on what i what i could notice there which was oh like, i know you were doing the you were doing the ben thing and you were like picking up the breadcrumbs so you can put them together into a trail later <laughs> i know i know or at least offer them to my sire which i thought was pretty good pretty good uh fast talking on my part no no um i was very pleased with your role playing and i was really pleased with the way your character is developing and to be totally honest i'm pleased with the way all the characters are developing um i really felt like young Dustin was kind of coming out of his shell and we were getting a better view of like what Hassan looks like and uh, you know 
there's been some quietness at the table recently, but now people are with their sires. The plot's really moving along. We are like maybe two sessions left of of Giovanni one, and then it's going to be become. I, I realize that there's no name for the chronicle yet. That we, we've just been calling it Giovanni Chronicles, but I really don't want this to be Giovanni Chronicles. I want it to no, be no, sure, its own thing. So I got to come up with a name for this fucking chronicle. Zalam. There's Alarm Chronicles. Yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, well, that's a shame. So, so let me, let me, I have a question I need to ask you. Okay, go for it. Um, as a, as a, as a as a player, your what what clan do you think your character is? As a player, yeah, I think my clan is from everything that I know about Amisa in previous like iterations as a setite. But. Um, Bajazet, I'm not playing as an Asimite in this game. No, that's true. Um, I could be something else, and that'd be fine, too. Um, I mean, the one thing that seems clear to my character is that he is not a Ventru. Interesting. So, Why does your character think he's not a Ventru? It's the way she went about saying everything to my character. Where um, she didn't tell him he was a Ventru. So the first thing you need to know is to say this, mm. right? Um, which isn't to say, hey, you are a Ventru. You know, mm. it's the way she phrased everything, which is a social character who es- especially is really adept at, my character is, was, is, is really adept at sort of like perceiving truth and falsehood. Mm-hmm. Um, I was paying attention to that. Interesting. Okay. So, cool. Cool. Good. I have no idea what I am. Well, so that's what we've been up to. Um, Adam, what you got, buddy? What you been playing, buddy? Uh, for World of Darkness, nothing. Nothing? You been reading anything? Yeah, I'm always reading World of Darkness books. What have you been reading? You know, like the stuff I've been reading lately has been good. very good. So I don't want to like sit here and just be negative about it. Like I will say the last several books I have bought, I have been uh, very, very disappointed in. Did, um, did you get a chance to crack open um, Secrets of the Covenants yet? I did. Does it suck? I read the Carthian part and um, I I read it all the way through and then I put a bookmark in it and I closed it and I put it on my shelf and I have not picked it back up since then. Sounds great. But it, does it starts with Carthians? Do they it start do, with Carthians. They're doing them in alphabetical order or yeah, something? So I, I don't know if it's alphabetical order or what, but like I, I yeah, I, I didn't like what I was reading. I don't feel like they fixed the issues that I have with that covenant at all. Interesting. Um, and so I was just, and after the other ones I had bought that I was kind of forcing myself to read, I was just like, I don't want to have to force myself to read. Yeah. So, um, I just kind of said, all right, I'll put these aside. I'm trying to decide if I want to pick up lore of the bloodlines or not. Like, I I don't know. I I don't know that I'll get anything out of it. Uh, Um, I think I'm going to just because that was one of those things I was looking forward to when I kickstarted that book a billion years ago. So I'll get it just to get it. I thought it might be interesting. Like I didn't expect Lore of the Clans to really offer me much and it didn't because I have clan books and stuff. So I was like, all right, fine. Um, Lore of the Bloodlines. I was like, well, maybe there'll be some good stuff in there. But then I started looking at it and I was like, I really don't care about the the gargoyles. I don't care about some of the other stuff that's in there. So we'll see. I'll probably get it eventually. Are Blood Brothers in there? They better be blood brothers. I just, I just I don't take, think so. Just thinking about the gargoyles thing just prompted me. Uh, thanks for the uh, Mark Kelly link on the prince, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was pretty fucking badass. Well, we were talking at work about um, the availability of Mark Kelly prints because, and this actually segues into my next topic, which is um, we had we all three of us in this room did uh, the I am Zombie slash Toxicity Kickstarter, which is um, from Make Believe Games. 
which is produced by Mark Ryan Hagen, and then he is utilizing the services of World of Darkness uh, alums uh, Mark Kelly and C.A. Suleiman. And uh, in the I Am Zombie Kickstarter, there was a, uh, a uh, add-on level for, for posters, which I wanted, and I had, I had uh, added them on, and then they were canceled. Yeah. So <laughs> did you yep. get your money back? I have to track that down. It, I it does not it. appear at this moment that the money has. Yeah, been I don't know that I got the money back. Yeah. So, so I know that I had paid womp, for that womp. Kickstarter before the message had come out. I had looked and I I checked because it usually to check my email and my records of my email. So I, I could check and see that I'd completed the survey before um, they'd gotten removed. Right. Which is why I was unsure whether they you, got removed just meant that they had limited quantity. You completed your backer kit before it was removed. And yes. Then the, and, then, and then they sent you an email saying, or they, sent, they, they did something They saying, sent a blanket email out to everybody who had who pledged it and said that they were being removed um, due to, uh, due Lack to of quantity. Interest. Or, no, they said something about quantity. Well, I mean, I imagine that there's like a certain print run that they yeah. had to meet to make it to make it profitable for them. And but what's weird is the backer kit hadn't even finished yet, so who knows how many more they could have gotten? But because I thought those posters were pretty fucking rad myself. I got I a cult poster, so I'm hoping that my cult poster doesn't get canceled. You know. Anyway, well, so we all got I am zombie slash yeah. toxicity, right? Have you yep. guys? I mean, I, 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 I feel mine yet still. Oh, that's the one I'm reading recently. So I'm. I'm. I don't even know how far I am into it. Third of the way into it. I don't know. I'm. I'm into the part where they're going over, like I guess, what the different types of strains are and mm-hmm. the, the signature characters for those strains. You're a little farther along than me. So I've gotten to that point. Um, it's really, it's a really cool game. It's really well done and really well <laughs> illustrated. So I haven't gotten work, to the rules I'm kind of excited yet. For so it. I, that's what I'm kind of going. All right, great. You've sold me on the setting. I'm hooked on the setting. And this kind of gets to what we talked about on FMRPG, which like they sold me on the setting first, mm-hmm. um, and I still haven't gotten to the rules. So I don't know how the rules are. Uh, they may be great, they may be mediocre. I don't know. Um, I'll let you know when I get there. Uh, but I am sold on the setting. So what's really interesting to me is the I Am Zombie book itself, the core book, is just a setting book. It's just a, it's just a big book about what goes on in that world. Okay, and it's full of ideas for that. The system itself, you have to buy this thing called the play kit, and that yeah, has toxicity, like right. No, no, no. Or, there's an oh. I Am Zombie one. There's an I Am Zombie one. Yeah, I got it's, it. It's the, oh, same thing. Really? it's the same thing with yeah. the Mythos game, right? Huh. That, they, that yeah. the, you have to buy the play kit to get the rules. You have to buy this play kit to get the rules in it. It has a little saddle, saddle stitched rules section in it. And it's, it's like it's like 20 pages long. They're very quick. They're very quick. In order to build a character, you need these cards. And when you deal out the cards, it makes the character for you. I think I you. totally missed that then. Uh, I don't think I even got it. Oh. Um... I'll, I'll I'll show you my rules because I have the core I have the core book and I have toxicity but I don't have I don't have the play kit. The, the we'll explain what the disciplines do. The discipline they're not disciplines. They're still called something else. They're basically disciplines because it's right. all it's like it's like these zombie sure, powers sure. that you get that have these different names and there's like they on a scale of one to five. Um, but the the I, as far as I can tell, the core mechanic is in the actual book. It's just rule or it's just world information, which okay. I think is so fucking great. Um. It, I'm so stoked for the game. I'm so jazzed for it. It's so fun and cool and neat, and it feels. I'm. It's not the freshest game in the entire world because I do feel like it's very much kind of like Vampire the Masquerade, kind of shellacked with zombies. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely has that feel. But it's so different, and and it, it gives me a useful energy that I remember back when like Vampire was new. Um, my problem with it at this point is I can't really tell 
what your characters are supposed to be doing. What do you think they're supposed to be doing? As far as I can tell, you are part of some kind of crew, which is some kind of criminal enterprise. Okay, yeah, they do say that. You get you, like, you build the, a racket, right? right? You build a racket. And so as far as I can tell, like you are part of a crew that's part of some kind of criminal enterprise. Which if you get into the flood like that one where it's talking about the guy you find who goes to find the ledgers because he's sure his boss is skimming or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then he finds the I am zombie handbook and then yeah. gets infected and shows up back home and he's all eh. Oh yeah, that was a gross story. Yeah. I loved and it. So it was- it's like it's like, oh, okay, so that's that guy's racket. And so I think what it is is it's just, you know, you don't want to attract the attention of the government. Uh, and the the agents who are there to basically like pin you down and and you know keep infections outbreaks from occurring, um, but you do want to set up a thing where you're getting a pretty steady supply of you know money and resources and ability to purge your odium and and to build a a blight, um, or essentially like you know your little your zombie turf area. Yeah. And so that seems to be what it is, is it's much more like street level focused on building yourself up like your, your little fiefdom or your little empire. Because there's this weird um, mechanic in the game that focuses on muscle cars. And I was kind of like, how does this fit into the game? But once you take that crime element and you put mm-hmm. the muscle cars in, I'm like, okay, this is fucking rad. So, also, the sort of the grindhouse element too, right? Because it's mm-hmm. supposed to have sort of a grindhouse yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Right. The whole the whole game drips with this kind of very like dirty, like repulsive feel. It, it's not sexy mm-hmm. like vampire. It's not romantic. Reading the book is a uh, maybe. I don't know if you've experienced this. Maybe I'm just a, a fucking pussy here, but the book f- makes me feel a little queasy. The book feels dirty. It does. Like, like feels, there was a point where I, yeah. I remember it was a picture of like these filthy hands, like holding like it was like brain or intestine yeah. or something. They were like gross. And I remember thinking, I need to wash my hands. Yeah. So, and I was like, re- and I was like, why the, do I have this feeling? I need to wash my hands. The the book, the book makes you feel like when you have that psychological sense of that thin layer of grime and bacteria all mm-hmm. over yourself. Right. And I'm so stoked to immerse myself in a world where it, where it, everything just feels like you're in a warehouse where the paint's peeling off the walls and there's dog shit on the ground and like your characters are literally falling apart. I mean, it's it's such a gritty game. It's so it's so black in a certain way, like 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 oil. You know, I love it. I love it. So Detroit, then you want to move? To- it's 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 the Detroit game. But oh, did you see like there's that great section that are about the different like zombie hotspots yeah, that you can yep. play in? And some <laughs> of them Michigan's got a bunch of them. <laughs> some of them are so. Did you see that one? One of them was in Phoenix. Yeah. One of them was in Phoenix, and and that one is just like this kind of like uh, sci-fi idea where it's like the zombies all live in this like planned community that's like super gated and like super controlled. Yeah, by the um, government. It's like yeah. a quarantine zone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's kind of like the zombie suburbia like like allegory. I'm like, what a fucking. I mean, it's, a, it's such a fucking cool game. The um, I am zombie uh, uh, field guide which is the world book is available on Amazon right now for about $36. So I highly, 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 highly recommend that you get a hold of that. And then I think that Apparently you can, I'm going to have to track down a copy of the players the, handbook. The, somewhere the, the play kits are not available, but I think that on the make believe games webpage, there's PDF downloads of the rule set. Okay, cool. They're going to have to make them available at some point though. Right. The thing is, is I these don't know cards. How I space that. The cards and the tokens. I don't know that you necessarily need them. But you need the rule book. The, yeah, the, like I was saying, I think that the rule book's available on just for download. Oh, okay. You can just download it. I think you might All be right. able to download the cards 
and in, in in their own forms. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to examine that on make believe games. Fair enough. Um, any any other products that we're tracking? Anything? Anything? I'm. I know that I've only pledging one Kickstarter right now, gaming, and that's uh. Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, we were talking about the cyberpunk game, the oh, the veil, the veil. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pledging I the on sigil and the veil uh, sign, which was the cultist one. I'm in pretty heavily on that one. Yeah, all hundred and like sixty bucks or whatever. Well, I got the players, the the GM screen too. So oh, I was one hundred fifty-five. It was for all of the printed books. It was one hundred fifty-five, and like it was like fifteen dollars extra for the for the GM screen. Uh, I didn't get the when, DM screen. When um, the backer kit comes around for that, I'm going to need to pony off of one of you guys to get all that shit because sure. I had to pull out of everything on sure. my Kickstarter. And the reason for that is, Adam, do you want to make our big announcement, our big Full Metal RPG shoutouts for announcement? Sure. So Late on we me, are going to be making an appearance at Gen Con 2017 where we will be running the alpha version of Vampire 5th. So we will be out there demoing the game for all the faithful. Um, Brendan and Adam will. I will not. Yeah, we Ben will not be there, but, uh, but Mike, we will Mike be there. Zajac, Mike Zajac and the mysterious Jeff mysterious will also be there Jeff, with us. Full Metal RPG, we're so teaming up with the Wrecking Crew. us or punch us in the jaw, that's the time to do it because we will be there in person. I advocate punching in the jaw. Gen Con 50, bitches. We're going to be there. Come up, say what up. We want to meet you. We want to say hi. We want to get beers. I'm available Saturday night. Adam is not. Nope. Adam's, Adam's be running Vampire Five on You'll Saturday night. You'll probably be at the Masquerade event. I will be going back home, back to the hotel room to sleep because I got to get up at and run a game at 10 a.m. the next day. So I got to run a game till midnight. Go get sleep. No, your 10 a.m. is done, dude. I had that switch for you. Oh, the Remember? Sunday one. Okay. Yeah, I oh, said. All right, yeah. Then. I, yeah, the, you're you're off the hook for that, brother. You're on. Sweet. You're you're doing a Friday game or, instead of that. Okay, so I'm doing two Fridays and three Saturdays. Oh man, Saturday's gonna be brutal. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so the point is Gen Con 50, August, Indianapolis, Full Metal RPG plus Wrecking Crew. Meet up with us. Come shoot the shit. I would say grab a spot at our tables, but they're sold out already. They went on sale noon yesterday. And I was talking to noon Eastern Standard Time, so I was actually chatting. And that has nothing to do with our pedigree. I was, they just I was, sold out based on it being oh, being like White, White Wolf, Wolf yeah. Demo. So like, yeah, we may go in there and, and screw that whole thing up. We'll I, see. I, I I I was told by uh, Dave Martin of the Wrecking Crew that we could expect the tables to sell in four hours, and they sold in less than less than three. Oof. So. Um, those games are booked, amigos, but do come to the con and do hunt us down and do say what up. So and basically that, kidnap us, tie us up, take us back to your hotel room and make us run it for you there if you, <laughs> want, if you want to play and, the game. And there will be more um, updates on that forthcoming. Um, and, you know, August is a ways off. we got a couple shows before then. So uh, look to hear more. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to wrap about our favorite TV show. Forever night. Forever night. All right, we'll see you in a minute.
And we're back talking about Forever Nights, a uh, seminal work of 90s uh, serialized television. And tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing episode seven, False Witness. False Witness. You know, when you're when you're when you're queuing this thing up on the DVD, it's it was like uh, it shows like Nick in this like this like suit. It's like way more like stodgy than his usual shit. And I was like, what is he going to court or something? And then and he goes to court. He's going to court. He's going. Nick goes to court. <laughs> it's pr- and wacky hijinks ensue. Pretty special episode, guys. It really is. So it starts out as these things always do with some like weirdly kind of. Uh, like graphic <laughs> porno-y thing going oh, on. Oh, man. Okay, so the cold open of this show is like the best part of the whole fucking episode. Right. It, just, it just goes downhill so rapidly, <laughs> right? And it never recovers. Yeah, n- no. Like the final scene, if anything, is worse than everything that comes before The it. final scene, like if you're watching this show, right, and you're kind of on the edge, you're like, I don't want to keep watching this. And then you hit the final scene of this episode, you're basically just like, I'm nope, done. I'm done. <laughs> fuck, yep. fuck this Plunge shit. Out. Um... Let's let, let, so, okay. So, so, so well, you tell, tell us about the cold open. Then so we'll the do like a summary of the episode. These two greasy looking guys watching a porno. <laughs> They're watching a porn. And it's just the shot of this woman from the 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 bus like, line up. Yeah moaning like very obviously getting railed or whatever you know. And then they're talking about oh man is she like uh she's like Betty Gilsoy and they like keep this one guy keeps mentioning his name Betty Gilsoy um. And then uh, the other guy, like, starts throwing things at him and then eventually, like, uh, spills his drink on him. And he's like, oh, let me help you with that. The guy's like, no, I got it. And then he, you see Nick and Skank are out in the car um, listening in. Skank's in a van with a different guy and Nick's in his own yeah, car somewhere it's, else. It's, it's uh, and one of so those. this uh, guy, he rips the guy's shirt open and he's got a, a wire. He's got a wire. Oh, you're wearing a wire. And then he grabs a gun. And then uh, so Nick does his, like, flying thing. Does the dumb flying the dumb vampire flying thing. thing. And, then, and he bursts uh, through hear... a window. And to me, this is critical. Mm-hmm. But it's not critical to anybody but me, apparently. Right. He bursts through the window. He bursts through the window. And, the, well, first you hear, no, don't. And then a gunshot. And then Nick bursts through the window. And there's the other guy holding the gun. And Nick knocks him down, tackles him. Right? And so, um, and then... Uh, the guys, I didn't do it, is what he says, yeah. right? Like, which is like, there's two guys in a room. One of them is dead. Right. One of them's holding a gun. And he gun. goes, I didn't do I it. Didn't do You're it. Like, right. Okay, and so that's the cold open. Um, now, 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 to me, okay, this is the this is these are my thoughts on the cold open. There's two guys watching porn together while eating popcorn. Yep. Weirdly, drinking whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then one of them, he turns around in his chair, and he's wearing sunglasses inside while watching porn. Well, they were like the smoked glasses. He was dude, very... he's wearing black like wayfarers. Were they? I thought dude, they were yeah, like the he's... smoked, like the weird smoky, like uh, he's, uh, anyway. He's wearing like fucking like Blues Brothers level glasses it was here. Just, it was the, um, that, like, the, the wardrobes the, in this entire what thing the were really fuck is bad. this? It was so weird and so nineties. I was like, yeah, of course, this is what you do on a Saturday night. Right. You invite you your, your friend over. Sit and watch a porno together. Turn on and talk a, about a dead chick. Some erotic cinema. Mm-hmm. You pop some popcorn yep. and you pour a tall glass of whiskey because nothing yep. goes better together than popcorn, popcorn and, and whiskey, whiskey, man. That'll clear you out. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, well, so what's then, this uh, episode about? This, so so the, the real, the what real... happens is that the next scene is all of the police are there and the captain's there because the captain comes out to every murder scene. Oh, and, and yeah, you got to get a stone tree in there. Yeah, Stone Tree. And, and Nick says, I saw him kill Farber. Right. Uh, which he didn't. So he this didn't is where the false witness it. part comes in. Yeah. Nick is telling people, I saw him kill Farber. 
when he didn't see him kill Farmer. The, this is really the crux of the episode, is this conundrum that's going on with Nick of, should I lie on the stand and convict someone who... who I know is a bad guy. I know he's a bad or guy. Or do I tell the truth because reasons? Yeah, because, man... It'll help me find my soul, I think is what he says. Back. Yeah, I want the, my yeah. soul back. So if I, I got to tell the truth. I got to live right. the truth. So, uh, yeah, and then you meet... Um, then you meet Mistress Tamara. Yeah, Mistress Mistress Tamara. Tamara, who is the most like generically awful dom. Yeah, that they put into this thing because apparently you have to have a generically awful dom if there's a porn studio and a murder. Okay, to me this was very interesting because it continues this this pattern that they set up a couple episodes back, where it's the um like mysterious like. A female sex worker, right? Right. Who is at the center of a crime? Mm-hmm. Only this one's like really poorly she's not written. Really at the center of the crime, well, she's at the she's at the fringes of the crime. Yeah, she she we we know her character has something to do with this because every couple scenes she shows up. Right. But why? But it's not clear why. Can't figure it out. They don't really explain it. They give you no beats to help you understand why. Exactly. And so, um, yeah. Then you get Nat talking to Nick back at the station. She says, "Oh, well, you saw it. You saw the shot." And he's right. like, yeah, I did. And he's like, well, because you said that he shot him from four or five feet away. And the autopsy results say he was shot at point blank range. Point blank. Point blank. And so I guess the question I had at this point was like, A, um, did nobody check to see whose hand had gunpowder residue on it? Because when you fire a gun, like Adam. in a revolver, like this thing is, whoever fires it is going to have cordite and all the other stuff like on there. Like it's going to be there. So you can do a test for that. The other thing was nobody said shit about the window that Nick busted through. That's the thing. Because the story is, I ran down the hallway, I came through the doorway, and nobody goes, "How the fuck did the window get broken?" Because it barely, clearly broke from the outside in. It didn't break from the inside out. So how'd the window get broken, Nick? It's like when Millhouse lost his goldfish, and and Bart tells him he didn't have a goldfish. Why did I have the bowl, Bart? (laughs) Why did I have the bowl? It turns. It turns out. Uh, it's revealed later on through exposition that this office that these guys are in was on the second floor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so like Nick bursting into the window, right? And at no point do the cops like look at the glass on the ground. And they go, "Huh, this is suspicious." At no point does the, does the guy that they arrested ever go, yeah. "What? Well, how did yeah. he break in through a yeah. second floor window?" That cop jumped through the fucking second floor window and caught me red-handed yep. murdering this dude. Something. <laughs> up with him how much pcp is he on nope they don't question it ever it never comes up yeah i mean even then like 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 later on in the in the episode there's a there's a there's a trial and we get to see like right so so what happens is stone tree goes up to nick and says it's going to trial you're scheduled to appear in court at 10 a.m bright and early (laughs) yeah i know and there's this this great like scene where it like zooms in on nick's face and he's like whoa i'm going to trial (laughs) i'm gonna have to be there during the day and you're like dude nick you didn't think this through come on and then Come he's on, like, dog. Well, Captain, what about my what about my condition, my sunlight allergy? Can't I just videotape my testimony and send it in? And he's like, oh, well, in the other cases, you were just the arresting officer. In this one, you're the primary witness, so you got to be there. You're going to have to be there, Knight. So then, um, for whatever reason, him and Skanky go to see Mistress Tamara again. Yeah, just now no, she's wearing no a rubber reason. dress. For and no the, fucking reason. The it, best part about this is they very clearly dubbed in like a bunch of loud squeaking sounds from this rubber dress, rubber dress for no reason. It's just, it's very distracting. Uh, 
it just keeps happening and you're going did you just um, bump the gain levels on the rubber dress or like what were you doing when you were recording this? I, w- I will say that did this it have scene, its own mic as as pointless as this scene is because it reveals nothing about the characters uh, it's just basically filler that it establishes she had a relationship with with Murray dude whatever, that's what it man. was there for that was that was established right after the cold open when she like walks into the like pol- which is the first time she shows up for no fucking reason she goes oh well I was supposed to talk to him but I guess I'll talk to him later and then she leaves yeah but so we this know establishes they had like some kind of other relationship some kind of kinky dominate relationship and, and, right and it's handled with all the same maturity of the stripper, the stripper thing yeah. where, where, where there's a like, where like skinky and Nick are like, well, what's up with this crazy, creepy shit? Boy, yo, 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 wing. I mean, they're well, just, they're much less like, like tongue hanging out about it, and more just like, oh, yeah. this is gross. There's and I'm such just a like, couple really? Puritans like, about the whole thing. You guys are cops, and like a dominatrix is the thing that makes you go icky. Ew, this is gross. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you think you guys would just be like, yep, whatever. Like <laughs> this is Tuesday, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, then it cuts back to the past. Oh yeah, now we start and now we the have Lacroix. Um, and Jeanette and Nick, and they are looking at... Well, it cut back before, and all it was was some guy saying, I didn't do it, and Nick's there like it, with him. It's a typical thing where the, whatever's going but on in the future... this is what establishes that. ...like happened in the past. Like, apparently, when you're a vampire, you just relive the same shit over and over again like it's fucking Groundhog right, Day. Right, and it's relevant. Um, and so uh, they see these, these arts conservatory students who are musicians, and they have this long, interminable conversation about music and humanity. Yeah, that really adds nothing. Um, There's some vampire philosophy in here, and you're and like, and you're like, girl, like the girl who who is playing the violin disappears because there's it's like hinted Nick has some interest in her, and then the guy comes back and goes, oh, has anyone seen my partner? But like and two Nick, seconds later, he's yeah. like, he's like, where is she? It's and like, then it's Nick like, Dude, is like, oh right no, where's Jeanette? And so he brushes outside. Um, and he sees Jeanette, who has the vampires going, and she's like, I was wrong, Nicholas. Like, and she kills her. Yeah, she kills yeah, her. She spoilers, drains her. Spoilers, she's like, guys, she's dead. And she drains her. And then um, she drops her. And then the other uh, violinist who was playing with her runs out. I was like, oh, no, Sarah, or whatever her name is. And he grabs her in his arms. And then someone else arrives on the scene and says, murderer he murdered her um, right right so here we have the uh oh it's it's another courtroom here, conundrum right here we have the parallel false witness in yeah the past is this other lady um and so now we cut back and so uh nat drives nick to court in the trunk of his car yeah as you do this is this is this is like after um, this like really long conversation that nick has with skanky about wearing sunscreen maybe maybe yeah. maybe sunscreen will yep. work oh and then it's an even like, longer worse conversation about nick i know you didn't see him do it but you got to tell him that you did you can be a hero buddy you got to yeah, tell oh him God. that you saw it there they have two two different uh, uh skanky exposition scenes oh, just, that it, are it, just stone so tree and bad. Nick. they're so bad and they drag on forever oh they're long Ugh. i wanted to punch out of this episode 15 minutes in it this, was this one was bad this one dragged really long um so anyway nat lets nick know that she went in last night uh, and sabotage the blinds because apparently when you work for the coroner's <laughs> office, you're allowed to just go into courtrooms yeah. and like after hours unimpeded by anyone and just like monkey with shit. Nick's real. Nick's really scared about like having to the face sunlight. some sunlight was right. in the courtroom. And then guess what? It actually happens that a ray out, of light is like moving towards well, no, him. No, because they open the blinds. They never give any explanation <laughs> for this. Like if Nat just, just didn't open. sabotage them yeah. or what happened, but they just open the blinds and they just open right up and they both look at each other like what uh, and so nick has to, so then uh yeah like 
then it cuts back to the past. The, they show in the future. The blinds are open. And then they, like, start the court proceedings, but all of the cops are being incredibly unruly and disruptive. Yeah, I know. Get up on out of here with that nonsense. You yeah. killed him, and we know you did it. Like, yes. yelling from the peanut gallery. Yeah, it's great. So the judge is like, we have to take a recess. <laughs> like, <what laughs> now, is now this is the best moment in the whole show in terms of what Nick's, Nick's wearing. Nick has dressed like shit through this whole fucking episode. Right. Like Except this, when he goes to court. This terrible fucking, like, blue this jacket duster. with a blue shirt shirt yep. the fucking shitty duster that we hates back there's like a crappy like fucking turtleneck plus blazer combo that made me want to fucking vomit in my mm-hmm. own mouth so he's wearing these like kind of cool round 90s glasses for a minute but but and he's having like the soulful conversation with natalie about whether you should lie or not right. which is like seriously like this third grade conundrum of yeah. like <laughs> do i tell the truth mom yeah. it's like it's so stupid um and then the whole time because he's wearing these sunglasses inside he just looks like Matt Murdock. It's so it's so fucking weird. Oh yeah. Anyway, so they come back in, and now Nick, they, the defense calls Nick to the stand, oh, and man. they make him uh, they make him take the oath. So he has got to put his hand <laughs> his on the, hand Bible. the Bible. So it starts smoking. Of course. He kind of hover hands it at first. Yeah. And then he puts his hand down on it, and then wisps of smoke start coming off of it. And I'm just like, nobody's going to be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> What's funny is that later on, his hands aren't burned. Right. You'd think he'd be sitting there like, ah, yeah, damn. Oh, my hand had burned it. So nope. yeah, it's like he kind of sits and he looks at him for a little bit when he's mm-hmm. giving his testimony, but he never really, they never go back to that at all in any meaningful way. So this beam of light keeps getting closer to him. He keeps having to move his hands back. <laughs> so as he gets caught further and further in his lie by this defense attorney, who's like, well, I had a decathlete try to do what you did. It took four minutes from the time you started listening in to the time you ripped the wire off. That was only two and a half minutes. You think that the defense lawyer would have pointed out the whole, you know, broken, broken window glass. on the second floor. You might think that his defend the defendant himself might have said, hey, I he saw d- this guy jump into a window on the window. second floor. Yeah, you would have thought. But no, never no, comes up. Doesn't come up. Um, so you can Nick's posture has to keep changing, looking shiftier and shiftier as he he keeps having to pull his hands back and getting tighter and as he gets caught out in his lie and then eventually it's did you see it nick flashes back yeah. to the past where the lady is like he he did it he killed her and nick's no it was a woman she broke her neck everybody laughs him's like a woman couldn't break her neck they don't have the strength and then lady's like i saw him kill it nick you have to tell the truth and then it cuts to stone tree tell the truth just tell yeah. him what you saw then it cuts but, back to the past there's nick this horrible pounding like, on the cutting, table tell the truth skanky going around hey thing. buddy be a hero and it's it yeah, jumps all over the place, and then eventually Nick looks up as he does. He snaps his head up, and he's like, no, I didn't actually see Yeah. And then like, all the cops, oh, and then instantly the judge goes, case, case dismissed. dismissed. <laughs> I was like, wait, your entire case was, like, you didn't have any other evidence. The entire case was just this one guy. It's, it, it's like, it like, like, like Dick Wolf would have been really proud of this scene. It was like, it was law and order from like, you know, 2001, like every episode. <laughs> so instantly they dropped the charges. I don't know what kind of court this is. So then we cut to Nick and Jeanette. And Nick and Jeanette are walking through an alley yeah. of random oil drum fires. Yeah, they're like in this weird crime alley where, just for no reason. Where there's like homeless people around them who yeah. are not saying anything to them. Yeah, this is Jeanette what vampires is dressed do. dressed in like lace and weirdness. 
with the choker on and everything. And she's lecturing Nick, like, I don't understand why you care about, why you involve yourselves in these human, in Wait, these human things. We can just leave. Everything she says makes sense. Yeah. Like every single thing she says makes sense. Like, right. what, why do you even fuck around with this shit? I can't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because he has the mentality of a third grader. Like, you know, he's yep. 600 years old or whatever, yeah. but he's, 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 he's like a little kid. And then she just starts asking him, where's LaCroix, Nick? What happened to LaCroix? And you just see Nick like, <laughs> Of burning, <laughs> yeah. and she says, "You're pathetic." Yeah, it's the best line in the whole thing. She's like, "You're pathetic." And you're like, "You're like, I agree." Yeah, that, uh, like Jeanette is the is the MVP of this episode because yeah. she is like spitting the truth and slapping Nick down for mm-hmm. his just weird grade school ethical conundrums and his <laughs> shitty behaviors. So then Nick decides, okay, well, I'm, he has the scene where he goes back to the precinct. None of the other cops will talk to him. He's right. persona non grata. So dumb, because he's never talked to any of these guys yeah, in any these guys episode before. because grade school, and, now, and they won't talk to him. And Now, and, now he's um, trying to be all chummy with them. They yeah. don't have any business with it. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, Jeanette writes him off, tells him, you're not true to your own kind. You're not even true to yourself, which I was like, yeah, give, him some, give it to him, Jeanette. Um, so then Nick says, I need a warrant. And Stone Tree's like, oh, well, we can't get a warrant for Murray. It's not for Murray. And it's like, all right, so where's this coming from? Well, we all know what's going to happen now. There's only one other character left in this right. thing. It so ain't like Nick, he's going to take it to Skanky's house. Right, because I guess Murray's talking about filing a civil suit, is what this captain tells him. And so Nick's like, it's not for Murray. So the next thing you see is uh, Murray on his knees with like the dominatrix being all like dominatrixy super quote-unquote dominatrixy i guess <laughs> i guess is yeah. really weird yeah it's just and, not um, very good and so then she's like he's like you made me kill betty and you made me kill uh the other guy's pete. name i don't remember the other guy's name his name's pete pete you made me kill pete and she's just like and and you i have the tape and she's got this video cassette tape. He's like, give <laughs> yeah. me that tape and then Nick arrives, like presumably with his warrant. I don't know. He yeah, didn't even end up meeting it. It's sort of ambiguous whether he actually yeah. is doing like. He like, didn't like, end up like, meeting it because, like, uh, what happens is the guy then like assaults the girl to mm-hmm. get to get the tape. Um, Nick uh, busts in. Um, the guy has the tape rest away from her. Apparently, in his bondage sex gear, he carries a loaded nine millimeter. <laughs> yeah. As you do, he's wearing these like leather chaps, and he has a gun and a nine millimeter. And then he uh, lights up Nick and the dominatrix. The, uh, he shoots Nick like three times. He shoots her one time. This is this this is like the stupidest gun battle you've ever seen. It's and not a gun battle. It's just so like guns bad. two people down. Yeah, but like the the like like Nick's like yeah. I'm being shot uh, face uh, uh, is uh, yeah. so terrible. It's, it's pretty so it's bad. pretty pathetic. Um so Nick then drops to the ground with the girl. He does a quick check. He calls it in to say send an ambulance here. Hangs up. Then he goes full vamp mode to chase after this guy. So now we're treated to the sight of Nick um, flying after this guy's car again. Which he's doing his Superman vampire right. flying that so is like Nick always so painful to Lands watch. in front of the car which ca- and then does his vampire eyes, which causes the guy to freak out and crash his car into a ditch. Nick then... <laughs> which is a theme for him, rips the door off of the car with his bare hands, which again, he you think somebody would look nope. into that and be like, so I can't help nope. but notice there are handprints in the door and it has been ripped they're clear like, of the body. They're like, strange. Uh, this And this is the third not time ha- we've seen this <laughs> on a case where you were the arresting officer, Nick. Is there something you want to tell us? No. Are you a vampire, so, um, Nick? He arrests it. And at that point, uh, 
the the Mistress Tamara and Murray are both going down for the murder of a uh, Betty Gilroy and then Pete. Pete, but which I would think double jeopardy would apply here. I don't know how Canadian law works, but they already tried Murray for the for Pete, and that judge well, instead re- declared him innocent. So like, remember, remember, he he called in uh, Murray for the attempted murder of Tamara, the right. dominatrix. Yeah. So. He's got him dead to rights on that one. So he did. definitely so, witnessed um, that one, buddy. Yeah. So he got him for that. He got her for the murder of Betty Gilroy. He got her on the attempted murder of Tamara, and then I guess he got Mistress Tamara on the murder of Betty and Pete. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. the important thing is then it cuts to the final scene, the, 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 the worst the, scene, the final part. So in let's, the let's history just of Forever Night. Up. It's so bad. Nick and Nat are watching a movie. They're in the Nick man cave. <laughs> They're watching a movie. Nat is friend zoned so hard. It's <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> They're sitting like 10 feet apart. Right. He's in an easy chair. She's on the couch. She's in like nothing but a shirt, right? She's wearing one of those weird shirts from the 90s that's like huge. really big. So she's got it pulled over her legs. It's not yeah. clear she's wearing anything else. So it looks like right. she's just in a shirt, which I'm like, Nat's sending it, you some pretty clear signals here, yeah. Nick. It looks kind of like a moo moo. Yeah. And Nick is just like, He's not having any of it. The best part is the shirt. It's got some words on it, but the only one you can read is in big block letters. It just says racism. <laughs> racism. It's a shirt that says like, racism. Why does your shirt say racism, There's, Matt? There is some other message, but it's obscured by but her knees. You don't knees. find out about it till she kind of gets up, but you can't see You can't it. read it. You can't read it. So it's like, it says other stuff, but at first you're thinking, she's just wearing a shirt that says racism. Racism. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought for enough. maybe for a second it said fascism. But yeah, I thought maybe it said fascism at first, too. And I was like, no, it says nope. racism because you can see it better at the end. And it yeah. clearly says racism. I'm yeah. like, either one is weird. Either one. <laughs> racism or fascism yeah. are both weird. Yeah. Um, so Strangely Nick out of context. Like, it turns Nat's out they're getting watching, all weepy over, the, over King Kong being killed. They're and, watching King Kong. And, and Nick is just like, oh, whatever. It's a monkey. And, and then Nat starts like throwing popcorn at him and stuff it's the second time popcorn has been is thrown in this fucking in this show movie. And, right yeah in this and, episode and you're like and, did they have like one bag of popcorn that they really wanted to make sure got used up by the prop department yeah, I don't it's, know. So, it's weird. so weird so and weird it just, and then it's like that's the end of the episode no oh, I for- but that's not the end of the oh, episode you're right. that's not the end of because the episode. then they're having this kind of like like playful conversation uh-huh. and nick just out of nowhere pops fangs on her like he's gonna kill yeah, her yeah. he's like and that <laughs> scream and she's and that's, like, oh. that's when she throws the popcorn and, she, and she's like and she's like yeah. oh stop and he's yeah. all like ha, ha, ha. Uh, i'm a monster isn't it hilarious <laughs> i could have killed you yeah. <laughs> i could have drank all your blood uh-huh. we're still not gonna have sex you're still in the friend zone sorry nat <laughs> and then that's it it's like yeah. and then it's over and you're yeah. like you're like that and was, you're like thank god that was terrible I, that is over because it was bad the best I, stuff- I did like the the part where he told where murray is like i saw the bullets go right through you and nick's like go ahead and tell people that in a court of law they'll never believe you <laughs> Like, why are you so shitty why do you act this way the best stuff as usual is the parts where it's like vampire stuff is going on like the flashbacks to victorian england are kind of interesting jeanette really care any part of this episode that was good was a result of jeanette um even I, I, she was better than lacroix in this episode like I, I would say that the best stuff in the episode is just vampires doing vampire stuff. Right. Whenever they cut away from that to vampires doing police procedural stuff, the show just makes you want to fucking bash your own head in. It's right. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as, awful. as a police procedural, this show is just ghastly. I really I mean, just, ghastly. Yeah, I really want... Uh, I really wish there was a ver- version of Forever Night that was just more 
of Nick and Jeanette and Lacroix all just being vampires. Being vampires. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. The the police part is just not great. Anyway, um, (sighs) I give this, I give this one one fang out of five. It was, it was a pretty dismal showing. I give this one like, um, one impaler's cross. It's just fucking terrible. Yeah. It's, um, I, I can't recommend it. And so, I'm just I'm hitting this weird point with the show where I'm like, are it's gotta they, get better? Yeah, are they all gonna be like that? Because I remember liking it, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, are they all gonna be like this? I mean, I just gonna slowly have this thing torn down and deconstructed in my head, you know, mercilessly over time, or is it gonna hit a point where I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad? Because there were, there was that one episode that wasn't so bad last time. And so I, what's interesting is is that other episode that was really bad. The more the, um, like the meta plot gets fleshed out about Nick and being a vampire and his relationship with LaCroix and stuff is Riker's beard. Yeah. When LaCroix starts showing back up again is the Riker's beard moment for the show. When the show gets better, at least that's what I keep telling myself. I keep waiting for, for LaCroix to show up again. There's only like, one I, way to find out. Yeah, the only one way to find out. We're going to see this through to the bitter end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was Forever Night, and um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, Josh Maxwell from The Wrecking Crew. We're going to talk about V5. Looking forward to it. And we're back. We're back here with Josh for our uh, final segment here where we talk about uh, Vampire 5th Edition. 5th Edition Vampire and all this new shit that we have just learned about 5th Edition Vampire. Yes. And uh, Josh, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Um, shit. I'm another <laughs> this is, this podcaster is... here in the Valley, one of like 5,000 of us that are around <laughs> here. Um, it's a very role-playing uh, podcast-rich environment, it huh? It is. It is. I uh, produce podcasts The Reckoning for The Reckoning Crew and all of the all of our subsidiary shows uh, from the ashes our world building show chronicles our ap red list our interview show um a couple of other things that are not of role playing importance but you know that's it and you've been on our show before and we've been on your show before absolutely yeah mm-hmm. but it's been some time since you've been on um so do you uh like like to, so just so our our listeners are familiar like what kind of role playing do you like to do like about how long you've been doing it kind of like what are what are your bona fides as all right uh, cool. let's see i'm 37 i've been role playing since the sixth grade i guess you if you uh count some of those old lone wolf books as role playing like proto role playing 
you know, before that, since mm-hmm. whenever they hit the library, whenever I was old enough to hit that section of the of the school library, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of the Wrecking Crew, so we mostly play World of Darkness stuff. Though these days we also play an awful lot of Fifth Edition. You guys have been kind of drifting in that direction, huh? Well, to my chagrin. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys play um, World of Darkness, do you play World of Darkness or Chronicles of Darkness or both? Both. Both? Um, I mostly am down with NWOD. I'm not a huge fan of Chronicles of Darkness, second edition NWOD stuff. Mm. Um, I got problems with their social mechanics. They bother me on a deep and personal level. Um, the last time you were on our show, you actually pointed out to me that problem because I was all—I had gone all super fanboy on Chronicles of Darkness, and you were like, mm-hmm. "You were like conditions are a ridiculous amount of bookkeeping," and like a weevil, it worked its way into my head. <laughs> and at this point, I'm all like. Yeah, probably stick with that first edition and wad stuff. <laughs> that stuff was really good. So keys and doors, man. The keys and doors and the social mechanics. It just, I don't know. I just want to role play. I don't want to keep track of <laughs> of that of that stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I do. Know um, what you mean. Other than that, like you know, I got all kinds of stuff on my shelf. I've got uh, mutants and masterminds. I've got hero system. I've got Kuro. I've got. Oh, you some got, some more Kuro thumbs up. You got Kuro, man. Weird stuff going God on out damn. there. Um, um, Corporea, I've got I've got a bunch of old Spelljammer and Dark Sun stuff. So you know, I was just looking at some some old Dark Sun stuff. I was like, man, it wouldn't take too much to get a whole collection of this going. Oh yeah, you, spell, it, Spelljammer or Dark Sun? Dark Sun. It'll take quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that gonna, should, that shit goes for a lot of effort. Not, there's still a bunch of like eBay auctions out there that aren't that bad. Yeah, but for some of it. The problem is, if you want anything comprehensive, prepare to pay, and a lot of that stuff's hard to get. It's why they couldn't like, and and a lot of that issuing and the problems they have with it too led to them not being able to reuse a lot of the artwork for um, the Dark Sun relaunch too, with Brom and everything. So they had a ton oh. of issues with Dark Sun. Just even Wizards of the Coast had issues getting a hold of it. I, well, we'll discuss that another time. Anyway, if if you could, if you could, just 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 just. You know, I mean, I know I, I'm not. I, I hate top ten lists because I think that they're bullshit. But like, if you could just pick one one game, like if you could, if you could pick one game to introduce yourself with, say you're in this room full of like role player dudes, and you you all and everybody has to carry around a core book to explain themselves. What's the core book? That World you're Darkness Core Book. Just the blue. That's it. World Darkness Core Book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Killer. Great. All right, so um, today we're brought together because we're going to discuss the um, announcements that went on at that uh, Berlin Fan Fest World convention of thing. Berlin. World of Darkness a Berlin. World of Darkness Berlin. Keynote. And keynote and workshops and all kinds of good pre-alpha stuff. Pre-alpha playtesting. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't go to that. There. We didn't go to that. We, we don't, sure didn't. No. We, we weren't there. We don't have any firsthand shit, but we watched right. some videos, right? That's it. So, um... Yeah, I, I I understand you have feelings on this. I Josh, I understand you've got some, you've got strong feelings on what's going on with the world of darkness right now. I I reach out to you to to talk about this because um, there's a little bit of hesitation to talk about some of the more controversial stuff going on with new White Wolf uh, inside my own group. Right? Interesting. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with White Wolf's association with Zach Sabbath and some of that stuff that's going on. Ah, uh, so some of that gets a little, a little touchy. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. So we, we yeah. got several people in the crew that are good friends with David Hill. So 
Oh, really? You know, the David Hills X Sabbath thing kind yeah. of makes it hard to talk about some of that stuff. Um, well, luckily, no one will give us the time of day. So this is a safe space. <laughs> yeah, no one listens to this shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, when I want to talk about that kind of stuff, I can't do it, right? Yeah, because my my people aren't interested. I bring up the topic, and they immediately shut it down. Right. Um, so we should talk about something else. um but you know because dave is so in touch with white wolf and with onyx path there's also some hesitation to talk about things that are you know down about those systems like you know every once in a while i say i don't like some stuff in chronicles of darkness but we don't ever talk about it too much right Mm -hmm. because you know dave's not really into having that conversation Mm. on a regular basis so anyway um, he don't want to stir the pot. He doesn't want to. He don't want to damage his relationships, right? I've listened to you guys talk about some of White Wolf's announcements in in uh, Onyx Pass announcements over over the years, and I know you guys don't pull any punches. So I was like, hey, yeah. what a great guy, what a great group of guys to go talk about honest opinions about this kind this kind of stuff. So I mean, that's what I'm here for. You know, in general, we love the games, but right. you know, you got to be honest about we it. We buy like, them. What the, what the fuck's the point? Like, yeah. I'll, right. I buy pretty much everything they put out, and I spew some venom about it, but I still buy it. Like, and right. I still like mm-hmm. what they're doing. It's just I, you know, I want it to be the best it possibly can, and I'm not going to sit there. And if they, you know, sell me something that I think is junk, I'm going to be honest about it. You know, because right. it's I want it to be better. I want it to be the best possible version it can be. I mean, I think everybody in this room is a fan. Nobody, nobody sat down and said, "Let's do a podcast where we hate White Wolf," because we all we all love White Wolf so much. That having been said, we've been playing so long, we do have strong feelings about it. And I'm glad that you feel like, uh, you know, we have like a certain credibility in that regard. So thank you for reaching out. Thank you for coming sure. down. Let's so, get into it. Yeah, let's yeah. crack into this thing, so, man. What do you get? What do you think? What? What? You got notes. I see notes. All right. I'm oh, looking yeah, forward came, to that. I came prepared. You, you I'm came a, correct. I'm a All professional right. podcaster. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Look yeah. at that. Um, why don't we talk about some of the just general stuff? Um. You know, they announced worldofdarkness.com, which is their social hub. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, do we want to just do a list real quick of the stuff that they covered, or do we want to go through things bit by bit? Just do it bit by bit. Okay. So, worldofdarkness.com, what are are your thoughts? It's Facebook for LARPers, man. Dude, right? (laughs) This thing, this sucks. Well, the issue is, you need to remember, they were presenting it to primarily a LARP audience. Well, and they did talk about the Storyteller's Vault, which I think is going to be heavily, heavily, heavily weighted towards tabletop stuff. I mean, I will say I was very put out when he said, the LARPers, you are the guys who kept this alive all this time. And I was like, wow, well, he really? Is, like, he, he is a LARPer, right? That's his, that's his primary. Yeah, yeah but it's like, exactly. it's like you, they haven't been doing anything. They haven't been buying the books. That's, the books aren't targeted at LARPers. You haven't been putting out Mind's Eye Theater stuff. And they haven't been the one holding the torch. It's been the tabletop guys the whole time. I, 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 I have to disagree. I think that there's a real case to be made for his point if you go on instagram which i'm a big instagram guy as anybody who listens to this show knows and you start typing in the vampire hashtags mm-hmm. and clicking on them it's all pictures of larps and it's all pictures of larps in europe and you every so often well, be i just don't of- take pictures of myself tabletop gaming but i mean maybe yeah. that's the difference yeah I, I don't think that's a real medium that you would look at like tabletop because i mean if you the, the, go to the facebook groups well, it's all it's all tabletop plays it's not larps it's all tabletop plays that people are posting there i think it depends to, on where you're getting your media from to brendan's point uh, you know, for, for the Onyx Pass side, um, all of the LARP stuff that, that they've put out has been in conjunction with fan groups that 
formed companies to help make these books possible. By mm. Night Studios is a fan group, right. basically. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yeah. I mean, I will say if it's primarily targeted at LARPers and it's primarily content for LARPers and it's very LARP centric, I'm not gonna use it. I mean, here, but, here, here's the thing. Like, I felt like. Erickson was being a little glib when he wanted to like carry the LARPers on his shoulders around the, the, the stadium saying, you guys kept it alive after White Wolf was like, no, it's over. We're doing a new thing. Right. Go home. And yeah. it was like, well, you wait. Computer you, games. That's you, the future. You, you, you closed it down. You closed down Masquerade. We went to Requiem. I went to Requiem. We all went to Requiem. Like, now you're dogging me for, like, giving up on Masquerade or something? I mean, you quit fucking publishing it for, like, 10 years. Oh, no. They didn't you know? quit publishing it. They put out a book that killed it off. Like, it wasn't a, hey, we quit publishing it. They, like, went in and said, oh, hey, um, look at the flowers and shot it in the head like it was not a question of them going oh yeah we're not doing it anymore it was a thing of yeah we killed it it's, yeah, it's dead over. it's over uh get over it losers and now they're like it's not over it was never over and i was like it it was pretty over i still have the gehenna book like and, yeah, and then he's right like there. we're not retconning anything and i was like you're you're retconning pretty heavily because you're retconning knights of prophecy in the gehenna book if nothing else We'll we'll see if they're retconning Knights of Prophecy. I mean, they're going to have to unless they're to. just like there's not very many Ravenos left. Well, they were sort of vague about their idea of retconning anyway, right? They were like kind of talking about like well, he we're, said, we're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves as are. usual. Worldofdarkness.com. He points at the LARPers. He says, "We're going to start with you guys. It's right. going to be for you guys." Yeah. And I was like, and, I, and 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 immediately my heart sank, and I was oh. like. My this eyes is, just rolled into the, my head. It, it just was like a theme for the evening of like, oh, this is really for you guys. This is for LARPers. And, yeah, that, and that's what they event. said in the, in, the, in the last one. Right. In mm-hmm. New Orleans, they were yeah. like, LARPs, LARPs, well, LARPs. You know, New Orleans, it, the, the Grand Masquerade, also a big LARP event. So yeah. primarily who's right. there was LARPers. Now, to be fair, Dave was there with some tabletop people representing, but... 90% of the people there, 99% of the people there were there to LARP. Right? And all of the V5 demos they were doing were tabletop demos at this thing. So it's like, obviously tabletop is on their mind. They're just not talking about it. Oh, I feel like the tabletop has to come before the LARP. It happens, does. Right? It absolutely has to. So. They're going to have to get that correct before they, and they're, and that, they're, the, they're still the three the main though, books right? that they're so. planning on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. are tabletop books first. So it's like, well, yeah. I mean, two of them are setting books, I guess. So arguably you could use them for anything, but yeah. they're still going to hook into the first book, which is a tabletop book. Right, right. So then what? what's next on your list? Uh, Storyteller's Vault, which I'm pretty stoked for. To Agreed. Be sure. Yeah, I think um, it sounds really cool. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get uh, too inside baseball and podcasting, but man, Storyteller's Vault, that looks like a way to fund one of our shows. So mm, yeah, uh, that looks like mic cables and new cheap ass mics to me. Yeah. So huh? yeah, you have a you have a you have a good point there. You know, I mean the the that's been a big thing for the the D and D guys, and I mean we know a lot of D and D guys who are putting out little modules and doing very well with it. And you know, as I was just saying on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you know, everybody's got Adobe in their house now. You can make a very slick looking product if you if you know just basically how to do that. My only problem is the same problem I have with DMs Guild, though. I mean, there are gems in there, but man, you got to wade through a lot, and I mean a lot of sewage to you get s- to it. You see, the thing is, I've never actually gone on just DMs Guild and just like looked around. Is it bad? Is it rough? Yeah, it's like the. The old days of SR of SRD, man. The old days of the open gaming license, OGL. Oh, jeez. Right? Oh, that was bad. Only it's like microtransaction Book of erotic version. Fantasy, man. Right? Here's here's my one shitty class or my one shitty race that's not well developed, right? And has got some shitty art. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, these like scribblings. So you've seen what I've contributed then. 
Well, is you what know, you're telling. I don't want to just come out right out. Yeah, with it, I mean, but, I'm just you know. <laughs> my, my Highlander class and race that I class race combo I built for D and D. It's 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 given um sort of like amateur like pro am game developers like a real platform to to work. And I mean, the stuff that I've seen out of it has been like amazing. So um, I, I I expect I guess. I guess I, I expect like a certain amount of like very like high end World of Darkness content, and then also a bunch of kind of like weird like here's my bloodline. That's me and my friends. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm most excited for about it is that it's going to give the opportunity to a lot of uh, White Wolf's old freelance writers that I really like, like Jess Hartley and Eddie Webb, and folks that aren't working on that stuff as their job anymore mm-hmm. to still contribute stuff. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. That's actually huh. a good idea. Yeah. I that's about you that. know that's positive. That's that's uh, that's uh, that's some positive three thinking i like it i like it yeah so we're i think we're in agreement on that yeah. one yeah all right what else we got here uh they announced some by night stuff for changing the dreaming larp that's gonna be the next one they've got some uh, v test stuff did you, guys, did you guys ever play vampire the eternal struggle the long time sure. no, i played it when it was called jihad and then when it was yeah. called the eternal struggle yeah i mean i don't think any of us really played in a serious way no. ever no no we we our buddy mike did but he was about the only one we knew that yeah, really yeah. he still played does it pretty seriously and he still does like i couldn't ever get over like the weirder aspects of it like when i was i wanted to play like a fun flavorful vampire game and i remember i was playing in a game where one of the guy put some 10 cap elder out gave him a sport bike a leather jacket and a submachine gun and I was looking at it going, I don't know what's happening in this game anymore. This doesn't make any sense. Fire the Masquerade. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've always you've always beefed about that, and I've always said, what's the problem? Because I, mean, I just don't see some ancient vampire doing that. Like, like Lombok? I mean, how old is that guy? Like seven hundred. Ride a motorcycle around, dude. Like, look at the know. pictures of him in shoulder position. Got, he's like he's hanging out. Like, he's, 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 he's got hanging a leather out a jacket hanging out at a bar. You think he doesn't go out and get out his motorcycle and ride home? You think he takes the know. bus or something? I, I mean, come know. on. It seemed weird to me, but like I said, I just could never wrap my brain around it because every single city book I read was like, "Oh yeah, it's ancient McAncienty." who's sitting in his temple in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, being old. All right, cool. Little did you know that there's this 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 obscure rule that had he also attached the katana, it would have been automatic game win. That's right. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I just never liked that part of Vampire. It just never appealed to me. At this, like, at the this, combat part of it never appealed to at me. At this point, I'm not into the TCGs. I don't give a shit about them. Like, I guess I'm happy that White Wolf feels like the IP is strong enough that they can bring that stuff out again. Um, cool. I'm not... I, I have no interest in it. Ever since I've been very young, I've wanted them to come out with a miniatures combat game for Vampire the Masquerade. Right. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see a box set miniatures combat game. They did something like that. They could basically just take all my money. But I don't. I haven't heard anything about that. So, man, that that sounds like the last thing I want to see. Like oh, combat yeah, to yeah, me was always my least favorite part of Vampire. You guys are, you guys are high Vampire. on crack. It's like it's it's baked into the Look concept. Look at my little Lucida figure. It. That would be no. the shittiest figure ever. That would be amazing at everything. <laughs> uh, I just I don't know I uh, yeah I I mean Cl- even Clan Batman Wars has man a miniatures game now and Clan I'm Wars like, huh and you fight on a four by four table it right. could be amazing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he Erickson mentioned in passing he, under his breath miniatures could be a, a could be a thing did he yeah oh wow I didn't hear that part I mean that's right after. LARP <laughs> and interactive entertainment and video games. Or, oh, sorry, participatory well, they entertainment. They keep talking about the TV show. I mean, he just, the, the, the TV shows and the movies, and I'm just like, 
whenever they start going down that path, they always seem kind of intensely frenzied, and my eyes just roll back into my head. Like, well, he I just said don't. they're going to have a TV show by 2020. That's the goal. And they, I saw that they put the, the two participatory, participatory entertainment games, the phone games, on sale, and I still was like, I'm not buying it. I'm just not interested in that format. Like, And it's supposed to be a preview of what the game's going to be, and I'm still just, I was like, eh, I don't want to do it. I don't I'm like phone games. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, don't play phone games. Like I'm not yeah. interested. I'm not a I don't game like I'm phone games. In, so. Choose your own adventure game, basically, and just tap the screen, and it's over in about an hour. Oh, it only takes an hour to play. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh wow. I, 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 I should say terrible. That sounds like something I wouldn't be interested in. It's like a Telltale game without the animation. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, so. no. Yeah. That was my problem with Telltale games. Is even they like they gave you the illusion of choice, but it was still TV an illusion of choice. Right. Huh? TV show could be good. Could be uh, in this day and age of dude, television, it could uh, okay, be. Aaron Spelling is dead. Here, I'm yes, not correct. sold. I am here, not sold on here, the TV here, show being any good. Here's the problem that I was experiencing with the TV show thing was the way that when they started talking about the TV show and the multimedia is that they became immediately sort of fixated on the idea of signature characters that would Ugh. show up in all of them, yeah. like Ugh. novels, video games. TV shows, and then these same characters be woven through all. And I was like, the you know what, man? The adventures of Lucita and Theo, but, but I just, I just going don't. On crazy on that, adventures. On that note, they were they were changing how they they, they were trying. They were saying they were going to change how they were using them in their stories. Right? They weren't going to be the people who were like doing everything. They're going to be like characters well, that like time will tell if they can resist that urge because well, they've said that, that fucking in the past. horrible in the past. They've said that things. in the past, and then they were just like, uh, and here's Lucita again, and it was like, all right, uh, all right here's Anatole. All right, I don't care. I, I don't want to see them. Net, there's five thousand Netflix originals. I don't see why this couldn't be another one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I see it, I see a place for it, and I, I I definitely feel like it could be good. Um, it could also be campy as hell. Yeah, it could also That's be the br- other really problem bad. I, have. I mean, if it's um, because I remember for years everybody was like, if HBO made a vampire show, it would be amazing and dark and terrifying. Weren't you, weren't you and guys then they just made True Blood. talking about Forever Night a minute ago? Yeah. Oh. Yep. The, the thing is, well, you know, Forever Night is an artifact in, of, in a lot of their slides, time. In a lot of their slides and shit, they 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 were really specific about talking about it being horror, horror first. You know, right? And they want to emphasize that. And so any TV show they made would have to be the same. Have to emphasize horror. It couldn't be like you know, here's our love story with like whatever. Well, Maybe I think, I think that they, I think that they I, wanted I mean, to have. It, it, it doesn't have and to. Tits. It doesn't necessarily have to. There's always an option. Ugh. Yeah, but that, but then you lose what the game is, right? If you move horror. Yeah. If people throw enough money at them, they will lose the concept of what the game is. Like like toot sweet, but which is. I yeah I can't blame them I would too you know like I would sell out in a heartbeat so did you I, did you guys notice how um they kept priming the audience to accept new waves of players and people who are interested in the IP mm-hmm. they kept hitting yeah. that over and over again about like be prepared for the influx I thought that was interesting the way that they're like they're already um kind of bracing themselves for that like I was here first like old school vanguard it doesn't matter it's gonna happen no matter what they the... do they're gonna get that no matter what well i mean of course they're gonna get that no matter what i think it's interesting that they're trying to like limit collateral damage right away and i think that's smart it's smart good luck <laughs> we got you two salty motherfuckers over here i'm gonna be the vanguard of that movement be a good idea that's salty he's two two salty guys i'm gonna be like no they this hate isn't, everything this isn't what, what this have was? i been salty about so far 
if Erickson gets his way, and You're he gets to go full edge lord on this game. Edge lord. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna not. It's not not gonna be new player friendly, right? It just won't be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a niche. It's gonna be a niche game. Because I don't know if you've ever had a chance to look at some of that guy's stuff, but it's dark, man. He's dark. He's dark for. He's dark for the sake of dark, right? Well, that's good. I th- I like well, that. that was what I th- Kenneth Height said. He's like, you know, I had. I had a draft of a book returned to me for being too dark. Even and it's like, it, all right. Even what's his name? The producer was talking about like how how uh, a niche was sort of like it was okay to have a niche if that's what they end up with. So I don't see the fine. I don't see the influx of new players is the only thing. Yeah, you, I don't you know. know. Like if they go super duper dark, they may lose all of the old school larpers who wanted to hang out and be like toreadors and and you know cool outfits and smoke clothes black dog is still a thing right so is it so yes it is oh okay yeah, black dog is still a thing oh did they resuscitate the license on that yeah, when they, they, re- they repurchased yeah, it yeah it's still going to be for the you know rated ma for mature books right cool uh, you're, you know so that's still going to be a barrier right, right. they're just not going to turn turn loose Fomori or clan book bali with its weird insect pedophilia right <laughs> right in page one you know right into your brain right so, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. I don't know what everyone's looking at me for. One of my favorite books. Uh, yeah, uh, look, was... man, I'm fine with most things. Cl- the the Fomori book was fine, but the very first time I encountered Clan Book Bali uh-huh. was at Bookman's. It was on the oh, bottom wow. shelf in the front. Now I, I picked it up as a huh. Let me take a look at this, and then I <laughs> whoops. I read two pages and I put it <laughs> on the top shelf in the back, so no random five year old would you know see that book as they walk by. I went and washed my hands. Oh, man. So, no, you just moved that to the children's section. You put it, it next to roly-poly only, and you let, you let me. nature take its course. I, I, I never cared too much for canine heresy. I thought that that one, I, I liked the way that one was written. So oh, that I, one was dull. Did, didn't, didn't Kenneth Height say he wrote that? Yeah, he did. did. Yeah, and it was boring. I, I didn't care for that book. It was a hard so book to read. That was not, uh, as Black Dog books went, I thought that that one was a failure, and I was like really bummed that he listed that as one of his references. Well, Ken Height has come up twice now, so that's a good segue to Ken Height designing this game. There yeah, you go. why don't we just get get to the nitty gritty? Um, I I have mixed feelings about that. I okay. mean, I, I would, I'd like to hear them. Uh, l- l- so lay it on me. Ken Height has a, he, a long pedigree of working long. in horror gaming, right? Both sure. Both in... Working the fluff side and working the mechanic side, right? Um, he has got. He's one of those guys that's he's he's got a history of collaboration with guys like Zach. Okay, mm-hmm. so automatically that's that has turned some people off to the game right out the gate. There's a whole thread on RPG Net about it, and obviously RPG Net is where you go to cry about social justice RPGs, but <laughs> you know. I, I, I just, I mean, I don't want to derail the conversation here, but I don't understand what the problem is with, like, like no, you're not going to read a game because there is a writer associated with it. Like, right. I mean, it's not like it's not like Zach Sabbath is developing the core thing or that he bought the right. IP or anything. He's just a guy. And for us, I don't think any of that would matter, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. To me. I, I like a lot of Zach stuff personally. Amen, brother. Uh, yeah, but. There are some people that are too caught up in that the the drama, right? That are too caught up in the sparkly vampire bullshit, right? And so that becomes a problem for him. Case in point, um, in the thread where Ken announced on his Facebook page when he announced that he was going to be the designer for V five, somebody came to him and asked him about his stance on good guy vampires, 
if you know anything about Ken Height, or if you have Knights Black Agents, you know that there's a, you might know that there's a sidebar in Knights Black Agents where Ken unequivocally says that vampires are bad guys. And he, he doesn't want there to ever be a good guy vampire. He gave rules for it in Knights Black Agents because Pelgrane, I think it's Pelgrane. Is it Pelgrane? I'm looking. I think it's Pelgrane. Anyway, the mother company said there's got to be rules to play some vampires. So there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of stuff in there. Um, so somebody went to him with that citation and asked, "Are there going to be an op- is there going to be an option to play good guy vampires in Vampire Five? And he said, "Vampires are monsters." That, you know, that was just his straight up, his straight up commentary, which is great. I think it's great. Uh, I agree. There's a lot of people that are involved in these World Darkness games that are from that other other viewpoint where they want to play the good guy vampire, right? And they want to play vampire superheroes. Like, what is it? Okay, so, what is a vamp? What is a good guy vampire? Is that like Angel, or is that be. is that Louis? Could be Theo Bell. No, no, no. I mean, nah, I don't know about that. I'm thinking more like Twilight, but not, not but not like Spark. Oh, vampire. Like, I, I feel like there's no. The no I felt was kind of like their good guy Camarilla upright, uh, upright guy. Right. Sure. I, I feel like there's plenty of room to play an Angel character or a. Or a uh, um, shit was the other one I just said a Louis character mm-hmm. within the within the constraints of the vampire Nick system. Nick Knight would be a, a good guy vampire. It's a, a conflicted vampire. A conflicted oh, vampire. Sometimes he'd be a good guy vampire. Sometimes Dude, he's, he's, he's got a, a douche. Right. He's a, he's well, a like ninety nine percent of the time, he's a douche. <laughs> he's a schmuck. Yeah. Um, he really, it's the worst. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I mean, I, I I don't really have a problem with that. But I think his I think his answer is is right. It's a game about monsters. It's supposed sure. to be a game about monsters. Right. What the fuck is this game supposed to be about if not monsters? This is what bothers me about um the way that Beast got turned inside out by essentially some sort of weird democracy that went on on um, Kickstarter, where it was like people were writing in and they're like, I don't want to play a game about a monster. There needs to be some point to it beyond that. And I'm like, it's a fucking horror game. About right. about being a monster, you're not supposed to be a you're not supposed to be a swell guy, and it created this like weird ass game where it's like you're teaching lessons, but then there's these heroes that are trying to stop you, but they're not good. You're the one that's good, so you got to stop the bad heroes who are who are bad because they're heroes. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. The logical convulsions you have to go through in order to to like approach that game, they don't make any sense. Well, that's because there's that side of this particular you know game that 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 we all love right so um you know there's controversy might not be the right word uh because i think most of us just don't just don't give a fuck well i guess (laughs) at the end of the day like the the storyteller's vault will be open for that so if they want to make you know i'm i guarantee you i guarantee you that there will be a clan book cullen in the storyteller's vault within the first six months, I will give you an ironclad guarantee on well, that. I mean, it's we, gonna happen. We don't know and what the, the what thing the is. Gonna be accept it and just move on with. Well, your yeah, life. I mean, I really don't care what goes on in the storyteller's vault. Right, you know? but I mean, I'm just you, saying, you pick like, and you, they, pick and you if, choose. If people you know? want I mean, that, it'll be there. It'll be there for them if they want that. So it's just, I, I guess, I don't really see the point of asking Kenneth Height that question because. Well, I mean, I think it's important to know what the ethos of the game is. Like, what's what is the founding principle that he's moving forward from? You know, what I found to be interesting is when when Erickson was talking about the game, is he expanded the premise 
of Vampire, which has always said in the front cover, you open up the front cover, and it says a storytelling game of personal horror. Right. And he changed that. It's now political it's horror. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Which I thought Personal was and political, political horror. horror. And I think that that's great because Vampire always drifted away from being personal horror and just became political horror. Right. And now they're actually going to accommodate. I mean, they, 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 they're, they're smart enough that they've recognized the in, intrinsic flaw in the game. So they're trying to move in front of it, which I think right. is good. Sure. So anyway, Ken Height's a thing. I think that's great. I love all his games. Well, most of his games. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not down for all the history that he gets into, some of the fluff stuff he might write may be a little dry. But I guarantee it'll be well fucking researched. I mean, he's okay. a smart he's a smart guy. He's been around forever, and his pedigree is outstanding. So I mean, I really don't see how they could have found someone better. I, I have no. I, I think that's a completely non controversial move. Well, they said something interesting, which they had. They said they had forty books under development right now. Is that yes, right? That was what I heard. I he said forty books, and then he said Beckett's Jihad Diary is the last book under Onyx Pass. So I was like, does yeah. that mean White Wolf right now has forty books yeah, under development? That's exactly because that's it. crazy. Because there's not that many people. Did there. you okay? The, the you links to a forum, and the first the first entry was just stuff that happened at the con, and it had been yeah. kind of been put through the filter of somebody that that was. Uh, their personal filter and then you had read that at work and you'd put it through your filter and we're talking to me about it and that's why i was giving you all the salt because mm. because yeah, after i have you a watch, different opinion now that i've watched the videos yeah, after you watch the videos yeah. it's 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 obvious that like we were playing telephone and like yeah, yeah. The, you know these people were reciting these different things right anyway i tried to read the forum and like immediately it was just people like like nitpicking lines about oh, these yeah. books that like are or something that erickson said yeah about like, like 9 11 right. well this is the stuff that i'm talking about Right. They're, yeah. Let's hear it. Half of the hobby, right? Where there are people that just detest Erickson, and I gotta be honest with you, I don't like the guy. Uh, you know, in one of his very first interviews, he said that he all he did was shit on New World of Darkness, right, and Onyx Path. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Hard. Yeah, he made their just cute, their cute little game. He, yeah, you know? he 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 was so dismissive, and now it's like that we're actually getting some details on what a uh, vampire is gonna look like, and. Oh look, they're just borrowing all these ideas. They're just migrating over the best stuff out of Requiem. Fascinating. I'm uh, I'm I'm so surprised. You know? I, I, yeah. When they started talking about that, though, my immediate reaction was, "Why do I need both? Like, because there's gonna be both." Onyx Path is still going to have Requiem. You're going to have this. You're conflating the two more than you've already conflated them because you already brought all of the clans from Masquerade into Requiem or yeah, into Requiem either directly by name as bloodlines or even just core clans, or you had a conversion document you put out that was like officially blessed and sanctioned. So it's just like, if you're going to conflate them even further, don't have both of them. Just have one because I, I don't want to buy both, and you're going to make me choose. Maybe, or maybe at some point Onyx Path loses its license to use any of those terms. Maybe, I, but they'll still put out. They'll still put it out. They'll just change the Ventru to something else, and they'll change. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. Like I, I can't see them just I've, giving it up. I've I can't talked, see them just being I've, like, "Well, I've, good game." Hang on, hang on. I've What's spoken it? to Rich Thomas about Have this you? Okay. on a couple of occasions, and he's been kind of cagey. Okay. Kind of cagey about it. That would yeah. be a real bummer because they were the ones who really like held the torch and, and marched forward under in, in the dark eras when White Wolf was just like, we're going to make computer games. And, and it's I, be I really felt like there was a um, there was a sort of elephant in the room for the entire uh, presentation, both of them, that was kind of like, uh, hey, thanks for holding our spot, Onyx Path. 
and uh, now you guys are being relegated down to the minors. Like we're, you know, it, it was it was nice this work that you did. Thanks for the jihad diary, and uh, you guys are being put out to pasture. I mean, they never actually came out and said that, but it really felt like I don't. Was I the only one who caught that? No, it was pr- like I noticed that they didn't thank them. They didn't bring up any of their other books. They only brought it up in the terms of, oh, that's the last one they're doing. Um, and they didn't go out of their way to really say anything nice about Requiem or any of the work that they had done. So it was like, okay, interesting. When like, you see how hard they're pushing, uh, on, when on, how hard Onyx Path is pushing uh, Pugmire and Monarchies of Mao, you, you, I get this sense which, that which they're is like, they're it's like, not depressing. Pugmire is awesome. Oh man, it's not my game. It's it's just depressing <laughs> it, for me to watch. I'm like, man, what happened to dark horror gaming? Well, I mean, the, those IPs are being are being brought I back to the mothership. Like, I you could, know, I guess I could run a dark Pugmire game. I could make Pugmire really dark. Did you ever see that meme about where they did kind of the elves to humans thing, but it was dogs to humans talking about, um, you know, my 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 master um, raised my father and. Now my master's getting anyway. There is a there is a dark element to that game where when you when the when the question of the game is am I a good boy by human standards and all humans are dead, right? Because it's a game about a post-apocalyptic future, right? Yeah. That can be taken in a dark way. And it, it's supposed to be there, right? I think like paranoia, because paranoia can be another really fucking dark game if you let it. The humor that is intrinsic to dogs wielding swords and casting spells tends to overshadow that in what right that's the thing is it's like the only art i can remember is like the little fluffy corgi holding like a dagger i mean didn't didn't any web write as a game that you could play with your kids isn't that the point is a game you can play with your kids maybe no Mm -mm. oh okay i thought that he said something like it was developed with the idea of it being like a family friendly he wants he wants to be able to play it with kids but he designed it specifically with a dark with a dark undertone right that you could build up if you wanted to but 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 yeah, back to vampire. It does it does seem like um, the the Onyx Path guys are being retired, and they it are. doesn't it doesn't and it doesn't seem like it's a happy retirement. When they either. changed the name to Chronicles of Darkness, mm-hmm. it was like one of those what the fuck moments. And that's when you know we had Rich on the sh- on our show. We were talking about him. We were ta- we asked him about it, and you know he basically said it was trying to make sure that IPs didn't get confused. Right. But you know too late the message he gave sounded like the media message to me right mm. um so i i you know i don't misconstrue what he said but right. i felt like in that conversation there was more there was more going on yeah <sighs> that's um, a bummer you know so we haven't talked about wh- where are we at in the agenda uh we haven't we're, talked about the content at all yeah we haven't really talked about the actual game why don't we start about the books then um sure. okay beckett's jihad diary you need this storybook, this book of this novel, <laughs> to get the fluff that gets you from Gehenna to the new game. This fucking that is fucking bullshit. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. It's a hundred dollar goddamn fluff book that nope. I don't want to buy. No, nope. about, about characters fucking, that you don't about like. A that I don't character like. I yep. hate. Mm-hmm. Ugh, fuck that. Yeah. No thanks. I'll just well, read. What, it. I'll crib notes from about the you? internet. You, what about you? You stoked? Do you want? Are you gonna get one? It's fucking Did, bullshit. Just crib notes from still, the internet. I'll, look, let's be honest. Will one end up on my shelf at some point? 
probably. I mean, yeah. Those editions look nice or whatever. They look like a nice looking book you put on your shelf, but fuck it. I've, got, I've got that I, damn silver leaf. If you make a nice looking like gilded uh-huh. covered book like about dog shit, I'm still not yeah. it. True. There's no reason for me to have it. It's a hundred dollar book. It's on my shelf right now. <laughs> did you pay the hundred dollars for it? Or did you find one for cheap? I use my wrecking connections to get one a little bit cheaper than, than <laughs> usual, but uh, there was some money involved. It was more than what a regular book normally costs. Yeah, right? so. I feel you. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of stoked to see what goes on in Montreal because Montreal hasn't had an update in something like 20 years, and that will... It's suppo- There's supposed to be like a little thing that tells you what's been happening in Montreal, I, I think, so I'm stoked All for right. that. So, Sabat, so it's gone. Oh, well, it's for not season gone. one. For season, season one, it'll be one. back. He said. He basically what they said is they're off fighting the Gehenna Wars in the east. So apparently, the Sabat and all of the hard work they put in New York and Montreal and everywhere else, they just said, "Cool, everybody, pack up your stuff. We're going. We're taking a road trip," which is weird to me. But all right, I guess. Like, I, I'm gonna have to wait to see. Well, how first, they first of it. all, we don't. The, the game is supposed to be more Eurocentric now, so we don't even know what cities are gonna be detailed. We're getting three books, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting a core book, and he says that they're going to be slim volumes. Now, this I kind of like. The core book is going to yeah, be slim volumes. Yeah, he right. said the other ones are going to be lush and lavish, the yeah. setting books. Well, when he says that, I, I'm just inclined to think that what he means is that the uh, illustration and the design elements that go into them are going to yeah, be Yeah, I don't know. He did say they're going to be photo illustrated, which... Yeah, I, I was not I was not thrilled about it's that. It's not either. all photo no. illustration. No, because Bradstreet's doing a lot of the full clan pictures, right? I thought right, but I've well, I've seen full photo illustrated role playing books. I'm not a fan, so I'm hoping that. Are you just thinking about Cyberpunk 3.0, dude? <laughs> I am specifically thinking <laughs> of Cyberpunk 3.0, dude. We <laughs> just got I Am Zombie, and that's uh, Mark <laughs> Kelly photo illustrated, and it's fucking gorgeous. So Mary Lee's their art director, right? And she she's an artist. That's what she does, right? Okay. She's very heavy into um, using real photography and turning it into art, right? Yeah. So you can expect that a ton of the artwork is going to be that. She said so herself. I mean, even Bradstreet's <laughs> latest stuff is that. So. And, and um, like Mark Kelly's stuff is that too. So Right. But there's going to be illustration in there as well, which they also said. So And they previewed it. Yeah. So uh, it's not going to be the old art we're used to, but... Uh, you know, I mean, it, it is it is going to be a new thing, and we have to be open to new things. I'm ready to be open for to new things, and now, I think it's I think it's good that, that that they're updating it anyway because that can you know if you actually want to bring people in, it has to sort of have the pulse of the times, like original vampire to pulse of the '90s. You know, no, it's true. So right. now, so we're getting three books, and yep. one is going to be the, the, a slim vampire tome that tells us how to play vampire. Right when they start pressing the developers, especially Kenneth Height, on what does this mean for cross compatibility he gets kind of squirrely and it sounds to me kind of like well it's the old it's the 90s all over again where these games are not being designed to be cross compatible and um, despite the fact that they have I, I don't know about that yeah I got the I got the opposite impression I got so the impression I. that they were really focusing on cross compatibility no, the, the, the person said like oh well I hear you saying that there's gonna be a vampire book and it's gonna be full of vampire systems are those systems going to work with werewolf? And he goes, I'm not thinking about werewolf right now. He goes, I'm oh. thinking about vampires. And I'm just like, I'm like, you're you're not? Because it sounds like the fucking werewolf book is going to come out in like two minutes after that vampire book comes the, the out. I, the idea I had was that it would just be like, it would be like, um, like a basic system would be the same for both, only they would hang like a different hat on it. 
uh, maybe a hat and a scarf. And the hat would be like like the the hunger mechanic versus like the rage right. mechanic. And the scarf would be like disciplines versus like you know. I mean, it did it did it did sound yeah. like that, but it sounds like in there because first of all, they're not even sold on the mechanic yet. They don't even know what the mechanic true, is going to be. True, they're, they're talking alpha, about like alpha. they're talking about like they're, they're playtesting multiple mechanics, so we don't even know. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but um. Oh, where was I going with that? Three books. Three books. They yeah. said they're going to try to get the books into Amazon to get it in the hands of more people, which I thought was interesting. Well, I was not, like, oh, that's... They're going to have it in stores and stuff, too, right? That's different sure. than... I don't... It's not going to be POD. Yeah, yeah, they're going back we'll, to stores. Will stores back- welcome them back? Because I can think of the store that I go to that is... They're going to have a hard time getting them to welcome them back with open arms. It's a new, it's a, it's new guys, and I think that they're going to. I was down, I was down at the store that you're referencing, and uh-huh. I was talking to them about it. Okay, and I think that it's the 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 time will come. The time yeah, will yeah, come. Yeah, they got burned real bad by them though last time, and they, they, get they are still the, salty about it. They didn't get burned by the same guys. It's just it's 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 like if you went to a a, a store and you bought somebody else's T-shirt and you put it on, it doesn't make you them. Yeah, you but if somebody comes around and like, hey, Adam, join my new political movement, the Khmer Rouge. We're different guys. <laughs> I'm still gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna give that a pass, and not just a pass, a hard pass. But thanks for asking. Well, I mean, the brand does have some um, problems. The, yeah, they're going to have an overcome. uphill battle. On it, has, it has, it has, it has the the brand has a lot of branding issues that has that come with <laughs> the baggage from its old business practices and from the quote unquote type of people that it attracts. And a lot of the people who were a part of that era are still around in the wings. So that's true. That's it's true. I feel like most of the store owners I know around here and. They're, I'm sure they're not the store that you're talking about because I don't think I go to that store very often that you guys are talking about. But the other two I go to, if there are players, there will be product on the shelves. Yeah. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, then we're going to get two more books. We're going to get a uh, Camarilla book. Camarilla and, and, and Anarchs. Anarchs. And, Anarchs. and so the idea is the Camarilla is now some kind of like secret society Right, and the mm-hmm. anarchs are everybody else who didn't get invited to the party, or everybody that got kicked out of the party when the elders took off. Because remember, the elders right. are also the elders. Yeah. In the the elders got the beckoning, which is different than the quickening or the reckoning. Uh, but it is the beckoning, and they all fled east. And then the sabbat said, "Hey," and chased after them. Yeah, where our lunch go? Yeah. Now, um, hey, in dude, terms of what this going? means for story, I am excited. Me too. I think the story sounds great. I think Martin's pitch for a more focused game sounds great. Back in the 90s, when I first picked up the books, it was a more focused game. It did have lighter rule books. It didn't have a fucking 700-page tome with like all kinds of conflicting mythology inside of it. They fixed the technology I, problem. I think that I think that that will be I think that will be a, a solid idea from a mechanic standpoint. I'm like. Are you fucking serious? I can't play my Lasombra character. I'm gonna I, buy the brand new game. And I can't play all. I can't play the shit I want to play. I, I mean, so what's gonna be included in the Anarchs? You can't even play your Giovanni character. Yeah. It's not gonna you be independent clan. Play, yeah. No, <laughs> my, my two favorite clans stuff. aren't gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a feeling that it's gonna turn out that it's they're gonna be Venture in the Anarchs. Lots of them. There's gonna be Venture in the Camarilla still. Lots of them. Yeah. Because. You know, the Camarilla is turning into like he did say that the old seven th- major clans will all be there. Like the, the seven big clans will all be there. The question is, will we see any of the independents or any of the Sabat clans or any of the bloodlines? And at, I don't think we will for a while. No, 
I I I don't think so. I think it's, he's going back to original core clans. Yep. The original. Oh, okay, I mean, it could be. Could be. We'll see. I mean, I'm just sad that like. First off, that little infographic with clans people people like to play. <laughs> what the fuck, fuck that was that? Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. By like a large but, margin. But I was also like, I was also sad like, to see whoa. that like my favorite clans were at the bottom. I was Dude, just like, oh, I was blown on? away because the like FMRPG Shadow Sworn like like standbys were all at the bottom. I had this idea like everybody well, and their Sombra mom played. in the middle. I, I had this idea like everybody played fucking Zimuses and fucking Setites and yeah. fucking and uh, Giovanni is like crazy and they're all like towards the middle bottom. Yeah. <laughs> like I, every- hate, I hate Tisbisi, Jimache. You, 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 you hate them? Why do you hate them? God, they're like the original Dracula. They're so cool. So fucking stupid. They're the best. One word, vicissitude. Fucking yeah, stupid. Yeah, vicissitude. Fleshcrafting is... What about old clan? Can you give me old clan at least? Is old clan yeah, at least yeah, kind of cool? Yeah, dude, you no, got it. No, because it's, wow. in dirty, it's, it's in Dirty Not Secrets of the Black Hand. One of the shittiest books that exists for World of Time. I they feel like it they has, fixed a lot of that dude, in the new book. Like the I, new Tamahera book undid a lot of that crap, and it's a lot better. It's one of the few new books that's better than the book that preceded it. I, yeah, right, I, I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I felt it was good, and I felt it fixed all of that. And I felt they made the old clan Zemiche very interesting in that book and very, very uh, fun. My as a feelings concept. on flesh crafters have to do with my experience with players in them. And oh yeah, the only you thing, definitely the only get thing, a lot of the only thing I've experienced that's worse than your fish milk is your look at me, I'm a flesh crafter. <laughs> oh, splatterpunk guy. Yeah, there's definitely splatterpunk players. Wow. Um, you know, I th- I think. I get, yeah okay I guess I can see that I can see that I, I, I see that as darker though than I just, the like how, I just like the the sort of feel of the old school Dracula the the, the like in your crumbling estate with the moldering clothes and I, I I don't know I'm a big Clive Barker Hellraiser guy Zemisi are clearly like their attempt to bring in that type of body horror into that world right um the the with with the exception of some misbegotten games in our adolescence, and I think we can all forgive each other that because it happens to everybody. Absolutely not. Um, the the flesh crafting stuff has not been a problem with the people who I play with. So uh, and then and then man, God, I just love the old clan so much. I love I love that idea of those like because because you get these different faces of like the nobility depending on whether you're looking at Bruja, Ventru, Lasombra, or Zimacy, and this is the idea of these like the rustic guys sitting in their moldering castles, like See? like looking into the fire and thinking about all the stuff that used to be and getting all angry about it. I love it. I love that stuff. Anyway, I agree. me. Well that that's all cool and all, but they become the man the, this needs to become a, like like this weird trope in the games that I've played, and it just, really? it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So it gets thrown in my face too much when uh, when people it, you know at cons and in my own games oh, okay. have have brought them to the table to the point that it's like whatever. Every once in a while, there's a diamond that does it awesome, and I'm creeped out. But the rest of the time, whatever. So you, you just, feel about them? You just way. I feel walk like over to the corner and jerk off your five penises and just <laughs> flesh craft it to yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was so real. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel that way about the Toreador a lot. In the games I ran, I got a lot of Toreador that I was just like, "Why are you here? Why are really? really? Uh-huh. You, that's about, a think about all the problems we had with like some of that stuff." And it reminds me of some of the one of the question answer sessions <clears> at the end, 
which was the idea of like they start bringing up Kindred of the East, right? Yeah. And and the blatant racism that was involved in some of those like weird. Yeah, that stereotypes. was interesting. Where he said, "We're not going to do it unless we can do it right." And I was well, like, "Well, thank God for that because no, that right, book but was that, not." But, but we're still going to have a gypsy's book. Though. Well, but, I was still thinking about that and like like all the like clearly weird, they don't count weird asimite like asimite like uh, uh, like racist sort of stereotypes and. Uh, I mean, I think that you could do like a. Uh, I guess I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, but I think you could do a cool gypsies book. It doesn't have to be some sort of like weird, um, like fetishization of, of of a people. I mean, like like the Romani are in Dracula. Mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. can have a book about the relationship between this group of people who wander around and have had been historically persecuted and the way that they fit into vampiric society. I don't think that's a problem. Right. I mean, if you wrote it like that, it's only when you start saying like, "Oh, well, we're supernatural, evil-eyed fortune tellers." That's 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 more problematic. <laughs> this might be my white privilege talking, but I'm okay with racist stereotypes in my games. It comes down to the execution. Just what we were talking about with Tismisi, right, or the Jimishay or whatever. All right, your experience with them is different than mine, even though the way they I feel like they're presented is kind of splatterpunk, right, and over the top. I mean, look, this is actually a question that has really been in my head for a long time because I have seen a lot of articles on um, social media about like, there's one that's actually circulating right now and it's like, it's called um, Five Things You're Doing as a GM That's Ruining Your Game. Okay. And it had all this stuff in it about like, um, oh, you're you're signaling... um, evil NPC characters by having them be like overweight or you're signaling that a character is evil because he's from like a different race or you're signaling that a character is evil by having them threaten a child. And these are the all not okay things and you need to not, you need to get them off your table. And I'm kind of like, well, hang on. I run, I run fucking horror games. Okay. And if you're going to run horror games, then like, creepy like bad shit like has to happen you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means that you have to kind of like skirt the boundaries of what might be considered kind of like like stereotypings you know you you you, like 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 baron harkonnen in dune is horrifying and disgusting and part of that is his personal appearance which is slovenly and diseased right and that's sure. part of what makes him terrible, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you're going to do a vampire game in Haiti that's all about Sedites and, like, the wars that go on there between the little, little fiefdoms of Sedites and the way that they use voodoo, then you're probably going to have, like, a voodoo character that some people are going to be like, hey, there's some stereotypes in there. And I don't know how you're going to do that character without some elements of those stereotypes. I mean, I, some element. I, I understand what you're getting at, but that doesn't mean I want to. I want to sit around the table with some guy going like, "You want by Mogwai?" You know? No, no. I do. You want by Mogwai? You remember, I uh, dude? I I had the guy like that in one of my games, and I was like, "You gotta go." Remember? Yeah, well, I didn't I actually say that. I just I just quit running the game because I didn't want to have the conversation with him. You know, it was. Dude, I don't like that shit either. I, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't like you were in that game. I don't <laughs> like that shit either. I don't like. I don't like that stuff. Um, but on the other hand, like I don't. 
I don't like the idea that if I describe a villainous character as being Asian or being black, then that means that like I'm not like I'm not allowed to do that either. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I'm like I'm like you know, I feel I feel like there's got to be some middle ground in all of this. And then that whole thing about like it's like oh it was like it's like it's like don't signal um one of the things was don't signal that a, a character is evil by having him rape somebody. And I'm like, shit, my whole fucking July Chronicles game just went out the window because there's been like so many rapes in that game. It's like ridiculous. How do you, how do you even have a, a Giovanni game without some of that going so on? So basically yeah, they're I, saying yeah. no Game of Thrones is yeah, what I'm I mean, hearing I mean, because there's a, there's a lot of child threatening, a lot of rape, and a lot of like yeah. overweight bad guys and, in that one too. And it's, it's about horror. I mean, and the thing is, is in horror games, bad shit happens. I mean, it, it, bad shit fucking happens, and and it, and it involves people who are not just necessarily like you know open minded. I guess so. What I would say is be know. cognizant when you're doing it, though. Well, right? Like, yeah, don't obviously. just do it. The one black guy in your game is the bad guy. I mean, you know what I mean. Maybe that's sort of what it's getting gaming at. You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I, yeah, be aware of it. You planning on running Fatal anytime soon? No, no. Then you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was I was taken with his idea that they would do um, Kindred of the East again if they could do it right with the right people, and then apparently there's been some backlash online where people have been like, why why do you gotta bring this kind of identity politics of like um, you can't write the game unless you're Chinese or something into it, and I'm just like I really liked his his statement where he was like, if we're gonna write about the techno underworld, we need somebody who know something about the techno underworld to write it and i think that that's where a lot of uh third edition revised yeah, I don't games got to be chinese you got to understand understanding of asian culture right well you know? yeah, i don't think i don't think you have to but I, think I think it's a lot of kindred of the east fell down was it was you it was these really broad brush strokes where you're kind of like okay. the, the 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 problem with 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 the third edition revised era and then like a lot of rifts games for for instance is you read those games and you can tell that it's like a white dude in Wisconsin who's never been to Mexico and he's riding Mexico by night you know what i'm saying and he's like and he's like hey look it's a luchador you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's a luchador vampire because clearly that's what it's about i mean i googled mexico and i saw a picture of a luchador you know i mean like are you talking about what el diablo verde or whatever that I, I, was? I, i'm just saying is that like we can there's room for a more nuanced portrayal of these cultures in those games there is and, they and gotta I, demonstrate they can do it first I, well and i think that they could demonstrate that by having authentic voices writing them which is not to say that like white cisgendered males are not allowed to write games anymore because obviously they will and and that's fine and i'm totally happy to read games by such people but i think it's i think that there's plenty of room for 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 people of color and other like uh like 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 like, like sexual identities and stuff to also write these games and sure they, and they will add something to them i i just i just want like someone who's knowledgeable about it to actually handle it and i don't really care where they're from what they do um you know like if, for instance if it, like you know like the, like one of the greatest experts on kung fu movies is not Asian nor kung, nor you know studies kung fu. It's Rick Myers. You know, um, I'm fine with that guy whenever he's talking about kung fu movies because I know he knows what he's fucking talking about. Well, sure, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, that's so, fine. I'm just fine someone with who's that. like you know knowledgeable about it, doing it. Unlike you know what has happened in the past with like a lot of Demon Hunter X. Oh my books. god, what a piece of shit. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? What's else on our agenda? All right, so let's let's get back into some of the fluff stuff. Uh, Second oh, yeah. Inquisition. Um, so, like the feds know what's up, and they're coming for you. 
Oh, geez. Um, so that was, they had kind of hinted at that in Project Twilight and stuff for a long time. And even in the new Hunters Hunted book, talked about it a little bit where they had that, that hierarchy of evil or whatever, I the seven n- lords of hell or whatever. I got no problem had. with this. Yeah, I think it's good. Well, I don't know how it I solves the technology it. problem because we had it? been discussing that. Like, how are they going to get around the technology problem and the ubiquity of technology? And now it is, oh, they went dark. They're not using it anymore. And it's like, well, that's one way of solving it. I like it. I think that that's, I think it's very elegant. I, I don't think that what it means when they say that there's a second inquisition, that that means that like the director of the FBI is like holding like briefings in like the White House about the vampire problem. I think that it's supposed to be shadowy cabals within the intelligence agencies right. that World are the darkest co- version of Delta Green. Yeah, Which, yeah. Ostensibly, there X, was before anyway, stuff. right? You could, if you, if you believe like some of the like uh, technocracy stuff, right? Right. Well, there's sure. that whole, there's yeah. the whole Project Twilight and the Project. There's a whole subset of the FBI is already doing that, and there's that one guy in the books they talk about he, as he's leading like a, a division or or a group that just goes off and does that. I think it'll make for a good game. I'm 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 fine with it. I like it. I think uh, if you're when you're when you're getting into sort of some of the things that are going on now in our contemporary world. Uh, we're talking about like dealing with issues like the surveillance state. It's a, that's a real world thing. Great. Sounds good. Yep. I'm down. Um, we've all, we've, we've all heard this before in Requiem, but, um, um, cities, become more of a city state <laughs> thing without an overarching organization, new feudal realms. Yeah. Neo feudalism. I, 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 I was when 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 he when when he was saying that I was just like oh you dirty dog you just stole that right out of Requiem and like you know you're not even like how many of your games actually use the overarching Camarilla other than every once in a while a dignitary shows up to lay the beat down on somebody um, really you know how many geez. of your games are really city focused rather than bringing the rest in right God you see that's the thing I've run so much Dark Ages and in Dark Ages it was feudal. And, and it felt that way. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of, like, when I was running Masquerade in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, I just never liked the way that felt. The way it was just like, oh, yeah, let's all roll into Elysium. And, like, it, it felt like a job. Like, oh, we're all in this weird club together and we right. know everything about one another. I fucking hated it. Every game I, I played hated it. that was new had an archon or something of that nature show up in it at some point. See, in our games, in my own games, it was used only occasionally, right? And only if something serious had gone down, only if a prince was changing or something. And that was only to reinforce what was going on. But the rest of the time, it's not like Warlord Karsh was showing up, you know, (laughs) every month and be like, hey, what's up, dudes? How's the war going with the Sabbat, right? Yeah. I need somebody to eat. Come here. Yeah. So... Other than this is a Chronicles of Darkness thing, which is a theme in the presentation, no, I, you know, I don't see a problem with I, it. I, I'm, I'm happy that they're emphasizing it as part of the story, and because one of the big bummers of third edition revised books was the way it would write about regional conflict in this kind of sweeping way, and it would be like, oh, because of the, the turmoil in Detroit you know, spilled out and affected the vampires in Milwaukee. And I, and, and I am much more happy with a micro focus on the city. As you said, it came well, that from was Requiem. their whole first thing they did was the Gary, Indiana feud with Chicago. Like that was one of their, in first edition, even yeah. that was mm-hmm. one of their first things they did was, Oh, there's this feud between Chicago and Gary and it's spilling over between the two. And it's, I'm just hoping they give you enough information so that you can do a mode of play 
that is right as the elders are leaving and the everything's splitting apart. I don't want to be presented with a game outside of getting Beckett the Beckett's Jihad Diary <laughs> that that everything's already done, right? I would like to have the option or at least have enough information in the actual game books to be able to do that transitional period because that to me is where like the meat of what they're doing with the meta plot is as far as you know, conflict in a city. I can only yeah. imagine if in some of our games, if all the elders just were like, peace, right. <laughs> what would happen? Right? The I thing know. for me, though, is just putting on my old World of Darkness hat with the new Inquisition and everything else is the technocracy is pretty heavily, like, wormed into all of those institutions. If you read like the new world order book, right. if you read the syndicate book. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost one of those things where it's like, am I going to need to have and read the technocracy book in order to have an understanding of what's really going on and what tools they really have available to them? I'm sure they're going to want you to buy it when it comes I'm out. I'm sure they are going to want me to buy it when it comes <laughs> out. And I mean, I liked the old technocracy books when they came out. I was a big fan of technocracy. I always wanted to play them, but you couldn't in second. And so I just never. I, I don't know, man. The the that, the way that you're talking about it just reminds me too much of kind of like the way that, that you and I like fetishized like continuity mm-hmm. and canon in the late 90s and I just I just don't give a shit about that stuff anymore I'm, t- I'm totally happy to take whatever give information they give us in Vampire and to essentially just shear off anything I don't like I, mean, I just still it. like the technocracy so I, I would be interested to see if they show up at all I, I really don't feel like Mage crosses over very well it with doesn't. Vampire and I'm not stoked to do it um I mean, like, I listened to uh, Darker Days talk about um, going to this event, to the, the Berlin event, and the LARP that took place there. And uh, as as fun as it sounded to take to take part in, just this idea of, like, oh, you're just walking down the street, and there's, like, red caps over here, and there's werewolves over here, and there's technocracy mages over there. I mean, that just sounds like a mess. Like, I think it's going to come eventually, though, because they're talking about the, the one, another thing they mentioned that kind of, I was, like, perked my ears up was the the second Impergium. Yeah. Like, their werewolves are launching the Impergium wow. again. I'm like, how's that going to work? I, and I saw that people on the on the forums were freaking out about this. They were all like, oh, this is just like ethnic cleansing the game. And I'm like, dude, it's we're, we're living through the environmental cataclysm right now. We're, we're living through it as a matter of real life. How could the game not address that? Right. Well, the Impergium doesn't necessarily mean that you know, this army of werewolves shows up outside Los Los Angeles biting and just runs, off their runs through and starts biting people's heads off, right? It could be a lot more like Forsaken, where rage is an important thing and people are dying because, you know, werewolves are just roaming fucking serial killers now, right? Could Cole, be. Cole in the herd. We'll see. We don't know. Um, dots are still around. Dots Yay, are dots. Around. are still around because if they got rid of those two things, fuck all, people would leave. Yeah. Um, what was the second thing you said still around? D10s. Oh, yeah. D10s. One roll conflict resolution. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> oh, what? Like, Chronicles of Darkness. Chronicles of Darkness. Yeah, they did pare all of that down, and uh, I am currently running a like uh, old World of Darkness game, and I'm like, really, it boggles me all the dice rolling. Yeah. So, so I'm happy to see. <laughs> Didn't they say that one iteration of the current system that they're working on? Um, gives the option of going diceless. Mm-hmm. They, want, they want diceless play to be able to be possible. That's peaking. I wonder if that means like um, rag, paper, scissors at the table, LARP style. Could be. Interesting. Could be. Don't know. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to look pretty much like 
Chronicles of Darkness that we're used to with the target <laughs> number and dice pools. Um, well, he said there's just going to be one difficulty number and a um, variant number of successes you need, right? Oh, like, so that's just it. Yeah. yeah. He, he Chronicles did say of Darkness. that before he got to it. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Great. So, which, which is fine because I like that system better personally. Love that system. So it's I'm, brilliant. I'm, I'm down. Um, the hunger mechanics that they talked about, I personally thought were cool. Taking blood pool from a resource management, you know, kind of mechanic where, I don't know how your games were, but most of our games were, I go feed. Every once in a while we get into it, but most of the time I go feed. I'm, okay. The games that I run, usually when we begin the game and we're kind of setting the tone, we're kind of developing the characters mm-hmm. on the front end, There's, there's you get more into that. And then you get to a point where you've been playing for a while and the game has shifted and it's about something else. It's about these more political struggles that take place over centuries. And you get into, I go feed. And then you say things like, well, how many blood points do you want? Like it's a fucking gas can. Right. You know? And I hate it. I hate it. Well, sorry. So the new system is there's a resource mechanic to it, but not till later. It's really risk management at this point, right? Yeah. So you feed, you're good. You use something that uses that uses blood, okay? You make a roll uh, to see. You make a you, you, uh, the. You get hunger it? dice. You, you get, get hunger, hunger dice whenever you make checks. And your hunger, dice hunger dice are rolled first. first. So if you have three hunger dice and you are making a roll with six dice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three hunger dice go in first. Then the remaining dice are oh, regular right. dice. If you make a roll that has two dice, you use two hunger dice. If your hunger die comes up a one you run the risk of a compulsion unless you spend composure to force it down. Now, so my question is, are compulsions going to be like the conditions that you don't like? That's what I was thinking about when we were talking about conditions earlier. Because they may be very, very similar mechanically to that. It's possible, but with their... during that same part of the conversation, they you know they want to talk about making these more story elements, like part you know a part of your they fold into part of your story. I feel like there's going to be something more to it than just you know you get the hungry condition, you get this penalty to these types of roles, right? Yeah, I mean, this is, it sounds like these are the things that are going to replace frenzies, right? Uh, well, frenzy is at the end. Yeah, right? frenzy. Yeah. You'll still frenzy. Th- then, if you, if uh, you, there could come a time where a compulsion might lead to frenzy, you roll your remaining composure to see if you go into a frenzy. And I'm sure frenzy is going to be some horrible, horrible yeah. bullshit. Well, I like the way that they were talking about uh, leaving it open ended so that players will be able to describe their frenzy. We've done that for a lot anyway, though. Yeah, I mean, we kind—I kind of gave you guys that like yeah. years ago, right? So yeah. that'll be no change for us, but... I mean, we all know what we're doing, and we you know, we kind of have an idea of what we want, so... Right, right. Uh, to your point, this is going to live or die on how they in, 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 insert the compulsions sure. themselves. right. So if they're generic and dumb, then it's going to be stupid. But if they can be <laughs> tailored and they're unique to your character, I think they'll probably be able to be pretty sweet. Uh, uh, well, the thing they talked about in terms of rules, this was my favorite, was the, was the, was the uh, hungry mechanic. So I think it's the most promising. The thing I was probably most interested in from a rules standpoint was um, they didn't say specifically that they were doing this, but they kind of inferred it. They kind of like wink nudged it was um, ambiguous generation and making the the generation statistic ambiguous and kind of um, 
like 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 murky and more dynamic because to me the generation mechanic has always been too on the nose too static and stratified yes stratified and people are able to figure out somebody's generation and then they're able to to glean all kinds of information about them not just about the character but about the world that that you're in like you know it never made any sense to me that like fucking um the camarilla could be rewritten as like a atheist enlightenment club that didn't believe in Cain when there's all these dudes walking around who are like fucking fourth generation and we're like oh no i knew the antediluvians i i knew them like like you know you had characters who from the dark ages because some of those characters some of the antediluvians were up fucking walking around in the dark ages which wasn't that long ago really it's a few hundred years and then there was overlap with modern night characters who had interacted with those characters so there were only like one like generation of activity removed from the the antediluvians as being up walking around and somehow in that time They'd been like, oh no, we forgot all about it. We believe we, we don't actually believe that that's a real thing anymore. That just stru- struck me as the kind of like like kind of bullshit retcon of like say Star Wars, where Grand Moff Tarkin's like clucking at Darth Vader, being like, oh, your religion's like super sad and lame. When it's like, I always, dude, just a few movies ago there were a billion Jedi and everybody saw them walking around doing always, all this shit. I always took that as manipulation of the elders, though. Elders who were just like, fuck it, like we don't want you to know that we're the ones out there pulling all the strings and shit. You know, the, all that shit's bullshit. But that removed the element of the unreliable na- narrator because it still meant that the truth was Kane. And I want to see a game where we don't know the truth. Where we're, we're like, like Requiem, where the truth is what we make of it. Or we just say, as GMs, like we are operating on no truth. Anything could be true. You know? Here you are in like 2017 having adventures and like. The shit that happened in the primordial past, you may never actually know about it. It, it may never actually have a bearing on what's going on in the game, you know? Anyway. Part of that was we don't want to acknowledge that we were there because, you know, somebody's going to stick a straw in our neck, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's an element of, of that self-protection that I think went into that. I think there's more I'm, – I'm down with what you're saying – but I'm also down with what Ben's saying. I think there's a little bit of both going on there, personally. That's fair. That's fair. I don't have to always be right. I can see it. I can see it more ways than one. All right. Well, are, how are we doing on this list? I think that was the last of it. The only other things to talk about were the other games they mentioned, and we kind of already touched on that uh, with Werewolf and the New Impergium. Werewolf's back, real talk, quick, apparently. We talked we talk very briefly. What, what about are they going to do with? I'm just kind of curious what they're going to do with Mage. Didn't uh, didn't didn't the uh, when the Ascension War already over? Like, like the technocracy well, win. the well, Ascension War was over because everything else was happened at the set. So it was what's part kind of that whole end of times thing. So well, if they're rolling back the rest of it, they're probably rolling here, that back as well. Here's what's interesting about um, Mage. And Onyx Path actually kind of ran with this. I, I've listened to some of their developers talk about it on other podcasts. And the way when they did Mage 20th, they actually moved the plot line forward for their book. Unlike Vampire and Werewolf that kind of did these like, right. oh no, we're still writing this like it's 2001. <laughs> the Mage book wrote its plot, plot forward. And what they did with uh, Ascension was, is they said, the Ascension War happened, the Technocrats won, but um, humanity is like rejecting ascension like an organ 
you know? Like, technocracy has taken over. It is the dominant paradigm. But now, and they and they opened up the game so that you could play um, tradition mages or technocrat mages just starting out of the gate as, as, signature, as, 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 as player characters. And they were like, now you guys have to, like, try and fix reality that's essentially trying to fold in on itself. That, like, the reality that doesn't work, which is why wars and famines and everything, the environment's falling apart. And I was like, that's a brilliant fucking game. Right. Now they, all they got to do is take that and run with it, and it's right. going to be a great game. So, well, The only thing they mentioned was Demon, Wraith, Changeling. And all they said is uh, maybe, but probably different formats, which tells me maybe Splat, maybe source books like, you know, Mummy used to be. I don't well. know. So. We kind of talked about like like Wraith a while back and what 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 Wraith New Edition would look like, you know. Right. I, I how think it work. It would be very refreshing if those just became sort of like World of Darkness, you know, colon books. Um, because I don't think this is heresy here, but I don't think Wraith is strong enough to hold its own line. I don't think Changeling is strong enough to hold its own Especially line. Especially not compared to The Lost, which is a just fucking excellent game. Such a better game. So. Than the dreaming ever was. Yeah, I liked Lost a lot. And I Wraith, I will agree with you. I own all the books. I love either way, so I don't really care. And uh, Chronicles of Darkness Demon is about ten billion times better than Demon ever was for World of Darkness. Right. And then the various weird other Demon source books they released for New World of Darkness, uh, triangulating between those. That's also more fun than anything they ever did. Well, the Decani Demon Lords from the old Vampire were actually pretty good. But when they started getting away from that and doing like other stuff, the, the, especially the Demon the Fallen game, that thing was a POS. Anyway. That's it. We've covered it all. We've covered it all. We well, thanks for coming out, Josh. I really appreciate it, man. Sure. It's uh, been super great having you. Um, it's been too long since we had you on. Um, Likewise. Let's, 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 try and, uh, let's try and make this a more regular thing, huh? All right. Sounds like a plan. Right on. Well, um... My fellow cultists, thank you for joining in and listening to us tonight. We do appreciate you joining us once again. And uh, we will be back in uh, just a couple weeks with a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. We're going to be hashing out uh, old school games versus new old school games. Which one's better? So uh, (laughs) check us out there on that one. And uh, we look forward to talking to you then. You guys have a great night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Shadowstone Radio Hour. I want to thank you for tuning in this week and every week that you're able to check us out. The program really sur- survives and thrives based on your subscriptions and based on your likes on iTunes. So if you could go on to iTunes, give us a uh, five-star review, write something glowing about us, that'd be really great. If you do so, promise to read it for you on the air, have a kind of little internet fame moment. If you want to interact with us in some way other than listening, I encourage you to check out our Instagram, Full Metal RPG on Insta. If you want to write us, get a hold of the show, you can find us on Facebook, Full Metal RPG on Facebook, Full Metal RPG Official at gmail.com. But really consider writing me on the Insta direct messaging me because I'm, I'm on there a lot. I check it very regularly. Speaking of podcasts, consider giving the Tabletop Radio Hour a listen. Uh, its most recent episode has an interview with me and I spent some time talking about my thoughts and feelings on role-playing games, different kinds, like how I came up and uh, about Vampire in particular for a little bit. I want to thank Zach for having me on that show. 
Well, again, thank you very much, and we hope you guys all have a good night. Oh, my God.